Welcome, everybody, to another Angry Wargamer podcast. I am your host, Jason, the Angry Wargamer, and my two co-hosts are with me also, Drew and Orlando. How's it going, everyone? What's going on? Yeah. So, I would like to say that if you this is your first episode that you are listening to, uh, if you're here for some Wargaming, you're going to get a little bit of it. If you're here for some MTG, you're also going to get a little bit of it. If you're here for some drama news bullshit, you're also going to get a little bit of that. <laughs> so, uh, don't get your hopes up on one specific thing because we kind of cover it all, baby. Um, yeah. And if this is your first episode, welcome to the drama that is my life. So, um, we can get started with that bullshit. Uh, where do I get going? Where do I get going? All right. First off, let's cover cover the definition of a pissing contest, will you? Because this needs to be said. And we're going to do this right off the bat because, you know what? You don't need to listen to the rest of it if this pertains to you. <laughs> By the way, so I was, uh, I was asked to be on another project as like a guest host type thing. And for some reason, um, they, well, not for some reason. So it came up in conversation that you know, we run the same circles and that's how I got invited in, into it. And, um, I always ask like, how do these other like podcasters that like I used to talk to in the war gaming community, how do they get so big so fast? And I'm just like, I'm like, man, who do I need to blow to, to get like, you know, even semi famous to like whatever to the listener base that they were even getting shit. I'd be happy with like, you know, 500 followers type thing. But so, you know, clearly I'm joking around about that because, you know, whatever. If you listen to us, you listen to us. If you don't, you don't. No big deal to me. But um, so, you know, we discussed one of the podcasts and how they got popular. And then I was like, yeah, things are kind of going downhill, you know, once this thing happened and this uh, the offshoot uh, that happened. Well, they spawned 15 other podcasts. So that's why, you know, they're the, like, they're so good. And I was like, OK. So basically they broke up and people filled in the void. And then um, I didn't like the new podcast because I had an interaction with somebody who had a higher than thou attitude with me. Like I've ate at the same tables. I've I've had the um, you know, I've been to their homes. I've you know, I've hung out with them. I know their families. And then you go to a convention and all of a sudden when there's a crowd around, it turns into who are you? So I stopped associating with them because fuck that noise. I'm not that type of person. You don't want to remember me, then you're not worth shit to remember either. So then it turns into, well, every time we talk to you, mind you, this is a group chat that oh, for the other project that I was going to be on. They go, well, every time we talk to you, it feels like it's a pissing contest. Let me give you the definition of a pissing contest first. A contest or rivalry in which the main concern of the parties involved is the conspicuous demonstration of superiority, basically a one upping thing. I'm not a fucking one upper and I fucking hate that type of person. So this is how this relationship all goes down. Mind you, I'm like, cool. You know, we have things in common, you know, like let's be supportive of each other. He helped me out with trying to figure out the, the podcast, like sound and stuff like that. And I already had a lot of the equipment but then it turned into, oh, I bought this $500 mic. Look what I got. And I bought these eight, eight 3D printers. Look what I got. And I got this and I got that. And I'm spending all my money on this. Listen, who are you trying to fucking impress? I'm not dating you. 
Like, I don't give a fuck about what you have and what you don't have. Like, who are you trying to impress? So who who's one-upping here? Because I'm not going around. I said, hey, I figured out I figured out how to min-max the, the podcast thing to get this all connected. So we sound good now. We sound decent. You know, Orlando updated his his microphone. We, you know, sounds awesome over there. Drew's always sounded Sweet. good. Goes in and out, but he hasn't gone in and out a while since we changed over to the to the new method of doing things. So, you know, we we progressed, but I've never once said, you know, I, th- you know, I thanked him for like whatever thing it is, but now I'm not going out and buying five hundred dollar microphones. I mean, shit, the microphone I'm using is a is one hundred and twenty dollar mic. In fact, I think when there was a scarcity on these, they were they shot up to about one hundred and thirty. I'm, I'm just using an AT twenty twenty. That's it. And a fucking ten dollar mic stand from Amazon some fucking noise canceling foam behind it and a, and a pop filter with my uh, awesome mixer. My mixer is probably the most expensive thing outside of my 15 year old laptop that we record on. But so who's having the pissing contest? I didn't say anything. All I said was I didn't like the, I didn't like how that person treated me. They smelled like used car salesmen. They, they were fake to me. <laughs> that, that's all I said. Right. And all of a sudden it turns into a pissing contest and I was like, I'm like, so, and, you know, in my head, I'm like, all right, dude, just say the word, you know, big thumbs up. Just say the word. You don't like, I didn't even say you don't want me here. Nothing. And then all of a sudden the scrambling happened. Oh, we got to call him. We got to send a message. We got to do this. We got to do that today. I find out they go, oh, he's been promoted to listener. All right, cool. Left the group done. That's it. That project is no longer in my head. You can go fuck yourselves. In fact, the whole reason I haven't even said the name of the project is because I give that little shit about the project now. Like, that's what you've done to me. I'm never going to listen to it. I'm done. I'm a guest on your show. Like, even though, like, you want me to be a host, I'm a guest. In fact, you went through the whole trouble of listing out what episodes are going to be what and doing this and who was going to be on what episode. And in fact, out of the first, like, 50 episodes, I'm in, like, maybe four. Right? So I'm a guest. What fucking say do I have on what you do with your podcast? How would we ever butt heads? Explain that to me. It would never happen. I'm a guest. I have no say in what you do on your shit. You invited me. So my question to you is, was there a pissing contest about, like, the hobby itself that was going on? No. Like, where, where the fuck did this come from? Uh, just because I said I didn't, I didn't like how this person treated me and I think they're fake. That's where it came from. Because w- w- I'm really good friends with her. Uh, okay. This is how I feel about this. This is what happened. This is how I feel. What does that have anything to fucking do with anything? You know, th- this project is going to be, has a potential to be great. And, and, you know, we're going to butt heads and it could totally implode on itself. Excuse me? Well, shit out of luck, but everyone's podcasts eventually going to clash in with one another, especially the smaller ones. We're all vying for the attention of the listeners. So if you have a problem with that, well, you're shit out of luck there. I'm not vying for anything. I have my own project. Exactly. I, I, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, we butt heads on shit all the time. Like, you talking shit about my Pokemon on Pokemon Day and falling asleep on the podcast. <laughs> and then, <laughs> okay, first off, okay, it's right. still our Pokemon. I am still a fan of the series. No, no, I, I got you. You have to say. <laughs> 
I know, but that's the point. Like, we butt heads on the podcast, but hey, look, we're still doing this. We're still, what, 28 episodes in? Like, 29, 28? Today might be 28. Look, I, look, I feel like the only way you're going to kick me out of the podcast is if I fall asleep one too many fucking times. Nah. <laughs> nah. You won't get kicked out. I'm not like that. I'm not that person. <laughs> hey, Jason. Jason. What? What's the date today? Oh, fuck. I don't know, man. We're on April 10th. It's April 10th, 2021 there. In fact, I should be uh, right now. I should be on that pod on that podcast right now. Like they, they were planning on starting this weekend. Like I should have been on that podcast this weekend. I mean, you could have. No, I just finished a podcast earlier. today. No, but th- th- that's my point. It's like you've already pushed me out. And all I said was, I didn't like this one person. I'm not allowed to not like people who've treated me poorly. Like, all right, cool. I mean, Whatever. Go fuck yourself. I'll just keep focusing on my own project. I don't have, like, now I don't have time for you. <laughs> now it is what it is. <laughs> Problem is, is that you use, you use the word go fuck yourself because you're, they won't be able to tell now if you're literally just telling them to go fuck themselves or you're using your motto. Oh, yeah. Also true. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, if you think about it, that's his life motto as well as the motto for the fucking podcast. So, yeah, I live my life by a certain like, I, I guess a certain code like I, I you know, I, I keep myself to a certain like level of being, I guess. I don't know. It's my own Bushido code of go fuck yourself. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, so Yeah. That, I mean, that's all I really got to say about that. Like like there's nothing else to say. It is what it is. Like not all you're doing is nothing to me cuz here I am doing my own podcast, not wasting you know, my podcast time to do some other project and you you've done nothing to me. <laughs> you've literally done nothing to me. <laughs> so whatever. Did right. you get that out of your system now? You feel better? I got it out of my system. But Okay, no, not completely. This motherfucker. So, you know, ah. I pay minutes. No, 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 we're not done. I've had this on my fucking head. I put it on my TikTok, in fact. And, you know, I've had it's Okay, so, I, you know, I paint miniatures, right? And I painted a miniature for a competition that I never really got to enter because it was the one right before COVID. It was a crystal brush. And I didn't enter it because I was too scared, right? Because that's just how I am. I'm just mentally in my head. I think I'm just not good. But, you know, to some people, I'm not good. Whatever. So I never entered it. And then I met this guy and he was like, you know, I used to judge all all these painting competitions and stuff like that. And I'm like, all right, cool. Never asking him what his credentials were. Never asking him, hey, how many competitions have you won? What have you painted? Like, you know, whatever. Not even doing that. I just took him for his word. Right. And then I go. So I sent him a picture of the model I was going to enter. I said, hey, give me some advice on this. He this motherfucker literally told me basically told me well literally told me your style has only ever worked for one person basically telling me that i can go fuck myself my shit will never win okay so someone who clearly does not will attempt to sabotage other people uh from uh from winning contests pretty much a shit person 
Yeah, but even if, okay, so if I entered it and I got feedback from entering it, that's one thing. But I'm asking somebody who's told me that they judge competitions and instead of giving feedback, just basically said, your style is not going to work. All right, cool. But I show that same piece to um, the guy who runs the GW store near me, who's a Slayer Sword winner, who's a multiple Golden Demon winner, who's been published with WizKids, not WizKids, Maybe, no, with Reaper miniatures, like actual published work with Reaper miniatures and has painted for companies. And he looked at me and told me, tell me when you're ready to chase your golden demon. Now tell me, why does a professional who's won multiple awards more willing to fucking help me and not put me down than the guy who's judging the fucking competitions? Well, it's like I said, <clears throat> there. I think that dude's holding some sort of grudge against you oh but apparently i'm one-upping him somehow apparently we're having some sort of pissing contest that i didn't even know i was fucking in like if i want to be petty and have a pissing contest which i've done before on purpose like i i've <laughs> I, I bought my car i bought games to three different hockey games one of them being a rivalry game between the blackhawks and red wings just to show off because somebody was trying to have a pissing contest with me. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll throw a little bit of money around just, just to fuck with you. Is it something I normally do? Absolutely not. <laughs> was it a lot of fun? Yeah, but it's not something I'm going to continue doing. <laughs> but like, like if you, if you put me into a point where you want me to be that petty, I'll be that petty. But I came like, I wasn't that petty. I was like, all right, cool. We're all being friendly, like supporting each other. And no, apparently I was having some sort of pissing contest. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a fucking clue. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he meant to say something else, but that's what he fucking said, and that's where I'm going with it. And now I'm just not talking to him. So it is what it is. Let's move on to some more bullshit. <laughs> yeah, more bullshit. Oh my god. So, you know, we've covered scalping. I'm sorry to anybody who this is their first time listening, I apologize for this. This is normally not how long this goes. <laughs> Normally, they're a little bit more upbeat and a lot more funny, but <laughs> anyway, so we've been talking a lot about sculpers uh, because of Pokemon and, you know, they hit the GW thing at first with Indominus, which was a, a faked by the company, a fake scarcity because it was scarce through the company. But then they did a reorder once they found out sculpers were like fucking with it. And then there's a bunch still out in local gaming stores uh, that bought copies and there's still some out there. So there's, it's not scare as scarce as it it was. This new set that just came out called cursed city. It's got a lot of new uh, vampires in it has apparently same things happened to it. It's created the scarcity and you've got people trying to scalp the stuff for more than it was. Well, so I'm in a lot of buy sell trade groups on Facebook because I like to, you know, repurpose miniatures or trade off stuff I don't need for other stuff that I do need. Like that's just that's how I run my hobby basically. I I use stuff to to use to get more stuff in the hobby. That's just it. It makes sense. <coughs> Sorry. Um. So this curse this cursed blood thing happened and or cursed city. And there's a store owner who has a 
uh, contract. I want to say contract with Games Workshop. Like they're a, a Games Workshop dealer. Like you sign up and then you have to order stuff and blah, blah, blah. So he posted in the buy, sell, trade or a uh, no swap and sell is what it's called um, for the box set at almost three hundred dollars. Now, the box set was only one twenty five, I want to say. One hundred twenty five pounds. So it's about one hundred fifty dollars US. And he was trying to sell it for three hundred or three fifty US before. This is from the UK, um, these numbers. Well, I'm going to try to do it in dollars for everybody. So uh, turns out that if people found out he was a seller, they took screenshots, reported him to GW. He posted up again for 200 this time, $200. Everyone's like, it's the same guy. He's still trying to scale up, and the whole group went hard on him. I'm talking about like 300-some fucking comments. He took that post down. Went to a third post for suggested retail price <laughs> to sell the stuff. And people still went in on him. So here's a comment because I didn't catch all of it. Here's a comment that kind of vibed everything. So um, the first time for first time viewers, this was actually a shop owner who has sat on his stock and tried to uh, try to sell them. At the 300, 250, 200, and like 125. Oh, it doesn't say like five times. 200, 175, 145, and been thoroughly roasted by the community in the process. A good old fashioned scalper now reselling, uh, now realizing he's lost customers, uh, and a new print run coming will upset the apple cart. Except, uh, except a, a sob story about the feelings or about feeding kids at any second now <laughs> expect okay expect a sob story about him feeding kids now i mean why else would you commit fraud selling business stock as a private individual yes there is actually fraud unless it goes through your company accounts several of us have reported him with screenshots on the antics to gw and don't take violation as they don't take violation of trade terms lightly they have a, you're only allowed to sell at a, uh, a maximum discount of 20. They have a map pricing thing. And I'm pretty sure that map pricing also includes an over the recommended value. People are just roasting him for screenshots now. Uh, now this is a story. Oh, this is okay. We're going to sing this in some fresh Prince tunes. Now this is a story all about how my attempts to sell got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute to explain. I'm not a scalper. I'll tell you how I became a villain in a group for uh, for selling Warhammer. <laughs> God damn. And they put a picture of the dude and he looks like a total turd. He's fucking awesome. Another guy saying this is tax fraud and tax evasion because he's selling privately to avoid paying taxes. Other people are saying um, he's already paid the taxes when he buys from GW. I don't exactly know how that works. So um, well, the guy who said he was a, his tax fraud was an accountant. Um, and yeah, so what happens with a lot of stuff, like I said, a lot of LGSs hold on the stock. So if you don't get it from GW, you'll always find some in an LGS somewhere. And for some reason, they're always able to order it where GW can't order it or won't supply those orders. So for something that GW says is a limited stock, it's usually not like usually not. And you could always find some stuff months later. 
In fact, um, I think today was release. So within like the next coming weeks, you'll start seeing store stock build up because this is a, a new board game related to one of their other board games. So I'm assuming this is not going to be a one run thing, but they probably had a limited amount for pre-order. Which makes sense, in Probably. my opinion. Because then they don't have to overprint, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but yeah, the GW scalpers are roasted. I wish fucking Pokemon scalpers would do the same thing. Just fucking stop buying from them and just say, fuck you. But I mean, Pokemon's technically doing it. They're mass reprinting sets, so. Yup. <clears throat> and, oh, I guess we can go into the next one with that one, too. Unless you guys have any other input on that. No, not at all. all right. Scalpers suck. People who want to flip things for money, it's a separate headache for people who intentionally create a ridiculous scarcity and then try and profit off of other people's misfortune. That is fucking ridiculous. We said it many times before. We're going to say it again. Fuck scalpers and whatever. What was the statement you said uh, on your Facebook group that got you kicked out? Your mama's a hoe. <laughs> Yes, you're a scalper, <laughs> mom's a hoe. Your mom's a hoe. <laughs> I mean, it kind of hit uh, MTG for a little bit, I guess. I mean, uh, we're still having trouble finding Time Spiral, but I think most people buying out Time Spiral at these big box stores are not reselling it. They're literally cracking it. Well, that's because uh, this was a single print run set anyways, so... That one, the scarcity is on wizards. It's not on the scalpers. It's just people people who are in MTG finance who are just buying as much as they can and potentially getting, you know, decent gold. So I'm not going to argue. Yeah, and no. I'm not going to argue with the stuff I pulled. And I don't think you'll argue with the half a box you pulled either. No, and I honestly thought I wasn't going to get any. So <laughs> that's a bonus for me. <laughs> I've, I, we, we counted, what, 24 packs for me? And I basically, in pulls, made enough to actually pay for a box. But, you know, a lot of people don't want to front $300. And I didn't have to front $300. I only fronted maybe like $150 and got $300 worth of cards. So, Hey, Lando, you don't have that problem with Yu-Gi-Oh, do you? There's not too much scalping going on there right now, is there? No, not as far as I know. No, I thought well, Maximum... I thought maximum gold was going to do that, but it didn't. The value on those cards kind of stayed low. No, they're pretty healthy about it, especially since mo the majority of cards eventually become reprints. So there's always there's almost always uh, a healthy supply of cards for uh, players to take the to to purchase at their leisure. The only diff the only exceptions are tournament prize cards, but that's because they're made with the. Uh, sole idea that there would only be extreme limited copies of them right well i think someone was saying that it was what at one point um a single card caused a sealed box to inflate yeah but what happened uh, was is that everybody was selling so much bulk because of the card that it literally tanked the price of the rest of the set yeah, it happened. Apparently, this happened twice. But considering compare in comparison to how rampant the scalpers are with uh, Magic and Pokemon, that's a pretty fucking good record. Yeah, out of all the years, dude, Yu-Gi-Oh is so strong. Like their community for some reason, I don't know. It's, it's so weird. Like the game's been going for so long, and I've only ever played it once. Like, <laughs> it's so weird to me. I don't like I've never seen anybody like shit on Yu-Gi-Oh players other than like the normal they're smelly nerd kids. Yeah. 
outside of that but we all yeah. we all stand in unison there because we all get a burn of that <laughs> right exactly any fandom has that smelly kid like this is how it is <laughs> anyway so going along with the scalpers and what's going on psa has psa is the grading system one of the big grading companies along with beckett which i think is still is bgs and um there's another one I think there's a third one. The third one's kind of shady, though, um, has stopped all their grading. So like whatever they have right now, they're grading. But I or they're sending the stuff back. They're doing There's a cap on it somewhere. All okay. right. Fair enough. So they're, that's a good thing. Yeah. So it's stopping people from. Because what people have been doing, especially in the Pokemon community, and it happened, it's been happening with sports cards too, is people are buying raw cards. Raw cards are anything not slabbed by these companies. And slabbed means you can't get to the card. So they put it in a sealed case with a grade on it, 1 through 10, and you can get subgrades on them, and then you can't take them out without actually physically breaking the case. And... Uh, what people are doing is they're getting them graded and the grading inflates the value. So if like, we'll use fat Pikachu, for instance, the fat Pikachu card still sitting up over $400. So if somebody bought it at $400, then sent it in to get graded, it like triples the price of the card. If it turns out to be like a 10. What's the average? Usually, It's between eight and nine usually, isn't it? No, it depends on what the card is, but um, nine to ten uh, are usually around the same price. Anything lower than that, it's like half the price of that. Uh, most people, most collectors, actual collectors want a ten. But if you're collecting it, you're probably getting the raw card and sending it in and not paying that ridiculous aftermarket price. But what I've seen lately, and my buddy just did it at a card show up in up north he he got a table sold his entire table for like almost six or seven grand and he was watching people trade sealed cards like those those cards for other stuff so they were using the value they were using them as like trade fodder really which is insane to me (laughs) i mean but it makes sense because it's just like trading cards but you're trading obviously the value of that card for other stuff so they're kind of using it like money at this point too at least the scalpers are the people that don't have the money in the hobby are doing it that way and it's kind of obvious so (sighs) yeah psa stopped grading um i'm sure they'll pick up they ended up being like i think two years behind or a year behind so if you sent something in, you weren't going to see it for like a year. They take this shit really seriously, and the volume that they've been getting have like slowed their process down. So, yeah. It's a good thing in my opinion. What's your take on it, Orlando? You, you were trying to talk earlier. Not really, no. Uh, there's not much grading going on with the Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. At least I've not, I haven't seen anything slabbed. Because a lot of the stuff's been suffering a lot of reprints. So, like, even, like, the original Exodia and some of the other stuff like that, like, those prices have dramatically dropped unless they're sealed product, right? 
Yeah, the only ones that are like are highly valued are like the original first. Uh, they're either going to come from the first two uh, uh, booster sets, or they're going to come from like the the tournament releases over the years because those are extremely rare to find, and those prices can be jacked up. I still, I believe the original tournament edition Cyberstein is still roughly around five thousand dollars if perfectly graded. Jesus, Damn. I know, I know. There's some people in Yu-Gi-Oh that have there's they're called ghost rares, where it's like a sh- shiny silver, but if you tilt the card the right way, you can actually see the art. Yeah, the card <laughs> is completely invisible unless you reflect it a certain way. Yeah, I think a lot of people have the ones I've seen are those that are graded, but I don't I don't know the names of anything. I just kind of go, oh, that's that's fucking cool. I mean, Pokemon you think did it's it. cool. I think it's stupid. Really? <laughs> I hate that type of out. I, I hate I hate ghost rares just because uh, just because of the whole concept. I think it, half the freaking time you want to look at the card and see the, and see the artwork and everything. It's but for ghost rares make it almost impossible to do so unless you reflect the light in a specific angle. Yeah, but it, it, that's for the collector. That's what that's for. Just like the rainbow rares for Pokemon, they're they're made for the actual collector, not for the actual game. Makes sense. Yeah. Would you would think so? Except people do use ghost rares competitively. I mean, yeah, because some of those cards can be expensive, yo. <laughs> that's not the point. They still use it regardless. That's all. That's what I'm saying. Regardless yeah. of whether or not they were collect, um, they were made for collectors. They'll still use it in play. Oh, speaking of, and I, this kind of goes along the same, I guess, same way. I saw somebody. Um, there's cheating that goes on in Yu-Gi-Oh! And yes. the cheating that goes on in Yu-Gi-Oh! is actually pretty insane. So, <laughs> I can't remember what the year was from this guy, but he said he saw it at one of the championship finals. So what happened was, is that they had they were playing a game, and it's like best of three, I think, for the tournament, just like every other card tournament, really. And what happened was, is he had a monster in his graveyard. His opponent used a monster reborn on his creature. Took his creature... That player who had his creature token or creature taken, like maybe one or like maybe a turn later, scooped. The guy throws the card on the floor and steps on it, calls over a judge and says, I don't think he has enough cards in his deck. Judge disqualifies the kid and the card was underneath the other kid's foot the whole time because he didn't have enough cards. He only had 39 cards instead of 40 cards. That's extra grimy. Bro, if somebody was stepping on my card and got me disqualified, that's immediate ass whooping. <laughs> also, that's even sadder for him because technically you're supposed to carry a side deck, which is 15 cards, so that you could add to your deck at any time in between duels. So he could have just whipped out one of his side deck cards and be like, boom, 40. I, th- I think, he, okay, I think he called them right, right as they were about to start the next round. Like they had shuffled, cut, and were drawing cards, and I think that's, that's when he why. Called it. If it was in between yeah. rounds, that would have been the perfect opportunity. Yeah, that would have saved his ass. Maybe he didn't. Well, either he didn't bring a side deck, or he didn't think about it. Yeah, he basically he wasn't paying attention that he had little less cards. Because how often do you actually count how many cards are in your deck? <laughs> Every fucking time, because really, it's a bit, yeah, 
Oh, okay. Well, especially when it comes to especially when it comes to Yu Gi Oh, because you're, uh, because there are cons- there are cards in there are plenty of cards in the game where you're taking uh cards away from your opponent. You you need to count how many cards you have to be sure. Especially, and not to mention, like I said, you have forty cards minimum for your main deck. Then you have 15 cards in your extra deck, and then on your side deck, there's another 15 cards. So you have to look at uh, 70 cards total. You got to be sure you have everything with you. Didn't they? Didn't they increase the minimum? No, the minimum's always been 40. It's always you been have, 40. You have a maximum of 60 cards. Ah, that's what it is. Yeah. For your main deck, but because the most efficient way of playing, uh, at least in the TCG is with 40 cards that's how many cards most people carry the side deck is for when you're playing against specific opponents that have specific cards that you can't necessarily deal with with your main strategy and so in between rounds you swap them so you can better manage that and then your extra deck for for the majority of most decks that's where your boss monsters lay gotcha yeah that's the same thing for mtg you have a sideboard I think the only game that doesn't do that is Pokemon. No, I don't think Pokemon does that. No, but, but they that's have prize cards. The way, because they're emulating, uh, you know, the actual video games themselves, it's they play it differently for sure. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. You guys want to talk about Speedy Gonzalez or The Last of Us? Because I don't know either one of those. <laughs> well, we'll start with The Last of Us because okay. it's it's not a huge deal. So apparently a, ran, a random person came out claiming that they were the head of a company of a studio that uh, Naughty Dog outsourced for because Sony wanted Naughty Dog to remake The Last of Us. Really? And yeah, apparently it was five years in development. Oh. The original. We're talking about the original last of us. Naughty Dog pulled the plug this year. Oh, wait. Why were they going to remake it? Do we know why? Mm, uh, As far as I know, Sony wanted them, wanted a a Last of Us remake. They They wanted another Last of Us. So apparently they pulled the plug and it wasn't just the reason I say both of them, because it wasn't just Sony that pulled the plug. Apparently Naughty Dog also made that decision themselves. I wonder if it's because they got all the backlash from but even, the video. No, game it's even worse. They shut the dude. They <laughs> didn't just outsource this studio. Sony eventually acquired this studio and alongside shutting down, no, canceling the game, they shut down the studio. Naughty Dog shut down? No, Naughty Dog didn't shut down. They shut down the studio that was outsourced to make oh. the, the remake. Gotcha. That's crazy. Yeah. And the people, the, the people of that studio are fucking pissed. <laughs> naturally so they wasted five years of this shit i don't blame them i don't blame them either i mean if you think about it they i mean we we've talked how many times have we talked about underpaid like forced work like that's probably what they were under 
Same and thing. then the rumors are now coming out that there will be a remake of The Last of Us for the PS5, and it's supposedly currently under develop be under development by Naughty Dog. Remake or like a remake. remaster? No remake. Huh. If it was a remaster, why the fuck would it take five years? That's what I'm saying. But so. no remake. Interesting. Very interesting. I think PlayStation is starting to push more of their PS5 now. I think by the end of the year, you'll start to see a full-blown PS5 push. You Maybe haven't heard so. about those scalpers this anymore a, either. In my opinion, this was a pretty fucking dick move. And also, if you ask me, I don't think Naughty Dog should be ma- remaking The Last of Us. Considering how they generally botched up the second game, I don't think they should be touching their uh, one of their masterpieces anytime soon. Wait, did you just call Last of Us a masterpiece? I'm I'm speaking from a general <laughs> oh, I'm speaking okay. from a general sense. I'm not I saying I hated the game. I'm just saying the all the politics around that and the second one kind of ruined the game for me. Well, the second one is the one that's filled with BS. The first yeah. one, as far as I know, was a was a remarkably well written story. Now the DLC may have kind of killed it a bit, kind of killed its uh its pace because it the the base game was a uh, was done so well yeah I, yeah the my dlc may not have may not have uh uh done too well with it and the second game is the one is the most divisive one in the series yeah that doesn't sound that bad uh, first, I mean, my kid beat the first one, and he said he really liked it. I never, I have it. I haven't played through it yet, but wait, everybody... your kid played it? Yeah. This kid... is the same kid we're talking about. Like, is a is a toddler, right? No, I have a fourteen year old. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my toddler <laughs> played through Last of Us and survived. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm like. Who is this toddler playing The Last of Us? Okay, so people are still scalping PS5s, but yeah, at least the, at least shocked. they're at least they're bundling them to try to get rid of them to make it less of a blow. I only see one that's just the console, and it's for seven fifty. So the scalpers are starting to peter down on this bullshit. going to be a real weird situation going forward. I mean, we still have the holiday seasons 2021 to deal with, and I have no idea how that's going to pan out for fucking console sales. I think Xbox will be able to rebound a bit, but like looking at PlayStation, I have no fucking clue. And everything that they've really released for the PS5, first of all, hasn't really been appealing for me to invest, but yeah, not so much. Okay, side note. This was not on the list, but I kind of want to talk about it just because it's uh, really fucking weird. There's uh, apparently a new fashion trend based on cybernetics and robotics. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that suit before. It's really weird. It doesn't look like cybernetics. It looks like she's wearing a skeleton. That's what I was about to say. What the fuck is this? This is a mix of, like, emo grunge of the video games of the 90s and something out of Total Recall. (laughs) It's cyberpunk, bro. 
Cyberpunk is much more stylized than that. That looks like ass. Seriously, what the fuck? Wow. But yeah, as far as the scalping of of PlayStation's concerned, like, I know that they've been trying to crack down on that, but that ain't going to stop it from occurring. And I I love that people were getting pissed off at GameStop because they're bundling, like, accessories and shit to try and stop scalpers from, from buying the shit up. But the problem ends up being is a lot of the accessories they're bundling it with ended up being either shit nobody would actually purchase or games that no one's going to buy for the system anyways. They, they bundled it with Spider-Man. With, with all the previous systems. I mean, the one I've seen, they bundled it with Spider-Man. That one was kind of a cool bundle. Because that was actually a game I wanted to get anyway. I don't know. I'm, with PlayStation, as long as you have a, a PlayStation network, like PlayStation is sold so big that everybody has to have a PlayStation network ID, right? A PSN um, account. And with a PSN account, you can just order one directly from PlayStation. So, I mean, if you haven't done it, go do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't make me, Dad. I, it's all I'm all I'm saying is that like I'm I'm now instead of summer, I'm probably looking towards like Christmas time. But I'm probably just gonna order mine directly from Sony. Fuck it. Why even like, yeah, dude? If you can get it, go for it, dude. But, like, there are no games on there that are making it worth my fucking time to pick up the system. Dude, I have... Dude, I have two games that are still sealed that I haven't even opened yet or touched. I bought fucking uh, uh, God of War, and I bought um, Horizon Zero Dawn, the complete edition, and I haven't even fucking touched them yet. Dude, you'll love God of War. Um, That's fun. I love the God of War series, so you're not wrong, and I own every God of War game. Including the PSP ones. It doesn't play Dude, like the I'm old God of Wars you either. Touched Horizon Zero Dawn, but I don't blame you. Yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn was weird for me. I started playing that one, and then it became... I don't know. It, when when people say, like, there's a joke about Horizon Zero Dawn, like, oh, you don't go around stealth killing everything? Oh, let me see your, your skill tree. And honestly, the <laughs> the only way to really, like... I, in my opinion, to enjoy the game, unless you want to be a complete meathead, is to stealth kill everything. <laughs> I've been trying yeah. to play Code Vein. I've seen someone play it. It looks like an interesting game. I mean, it's essentially Dark Souls for weebs. I spent like the first hour and a half making fun of the creation, uh, cu- the character customization. Now, I want to bring this out. Um, it's not bad. The character customization is fucking amazing because the art direction is amazing with that being said i was fucking dying when i saw one of the hairstyles that basically made me look like sephiroth from final fantasy (laughs) nice yeah i got nothing on that one (laughs) it's the weeb culture bro it's the weeb culture yeah, that, and that was the thing. I'm thinking I was trying to play it, and I'm like, you know, maybe I'll enjoy Dark Souls more if it happens to be more like anime. No, I really fucking don't. So, I really hate how terrible this combat system is. I heard somebody the other day say, say calling each other weebs is racist. <laughs> Only if you're not Japanese, apparently. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense, because it's actually... Uh, somebody actually pointed out that uh, a Japanese person calling you a weeb is actually the insult. <laughs> yeah, because the same way as an otaku used to be called otaku, otaku used to be an insult amongst the Japanese. Yeah, they used to be geek and nerd. 
But since since then, the West has taken it as a badge of honor, considering that it usually means someone that is into anime and manga. Oh my god! Which Whatever. is why they now take something as a take something as weeb and they call it racist because before it used to be an insult, and now doesn't really matter to those same people because it's they see it as a either a badge of honor or an insult. It flips either way. <laughs> so it's it you, you can literally call it uh uh cultural appropriation. But I mean which direction do you want to go? Is it a good <laughs> thing because these people are taking something that was negative before and turning can it I into just, something positive? Can I just or say I hate cultural appropriation is a bad thing or taking something that was negative and putting it into something positive. We don't even fucking... What do you want? What the fuck do you want? Can I just say I hate the whole concept behind cultural appropriation? Everything. I'm like... I don't give a... I, I love... I hate it too. I love Asian culture. Mostly Japanese. And I love, like, the old feudal Japanese stuff. I love the, you know, the fancy garments. I love, you know... I love everything about like even even some of the Chinese stuff with like the gold cats and stuff like that. Like <clears throat> now, am I ignorant about a lot of their like actual culture things? Yeah, I'll admit that. But I like the aesthetic of it. I like the way it looks. So why why is me trying to replicate that? Like I don't go out in public dressed in like you know fucking garments and like wood shoes and stuff. Like I don't go do that. But like. What if I like that aesthetic? And what if I want to decorate like a whole room to that aesthetic? You know what I mean? If like, I, how is I that insulting? Real, it is probably because, uh, and this is, I can, I can say that this does come from the blame from people such as myself who, when we were younger, when, um, we had to, when we saw, uh, people, who would try to just emulate the culture and half the time we took it as an offense because they were, it always sounded like they were being disrespectful to it rather than being genuinely earnest of it. And that has basically devolved in that sort of thing where now it's no longer now even just showing any type of interest in another culture is now seen to be cultural appropriation it just it it seems weird it seems it's i agree it's almost I as agree. weird as the whole like cancel culture thing <laughs> which by the way i don't know have you guys been paying attention to bill burr i haven't recently so well yeah recently would be the best things i think it's like last week or week and a half bill burr is actually uh like talking shit about cancel culture and it's funny because that dude is so hardcore liberal <laughs> And he's like really loud about being liberal about it, <laughs> like being liberal. And and yet people think he's a straight up alt-right conservative. I know just because of some of his his fucking women jokes, but they're jokes and he says they're jokes and he laughs at like he, you know, I don't know. I, I think I, my favorite I think my favorite moment was when uh when when they when people were finding out that he had a uh that his wife was black right. and they're all thinking that it was racist for him to be married to a black woman. And she straight up on Facebook, on Twitter tells him to fuck off. Yeah. 
Oh man, I just I've just been dying. Like, some of the shit that's been going way on. Way to stand for the way to stand for yourself and for your husband. Fuck everyone else. Right, like stay the shit out of my life. Like what the fuck. Uh, speaking of canceling stuff, you want to go? We want to get into the Speedy Gonzalez. Let's segue into oh, the Speedy oh, Gonzalez. Fuck dang, yes. Okay, so. Everybody loves that bullshit Looney Tunes movie, right? The motherfucking Space Jam 2. So no, nobody likes that movie because of LeBron James. <laughs> fucking, what's his name? Uh, Pepe Le Pew got canceled, right? Yes. They removed him from the movie because apparently he promotes rape culture, yada, 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 bullshit. So when they decided he was out of the way, they decided to turn their fucking eyes at fucking Speedy Gonzalez. Because of course they fucking did. If Pepe Le Pew is somehow being promoting rape culture and also, you know, let's be reinforcing fair. negative French stereotypes, then Speedy <laughs> Gonzalez must be doing something similar with the Mexican stereotype. And then when they were all discussing on getting rid of the fucker, when the, when the Hispanic community heard about it, they told him to shut the fuck up. To be and fair, though, where he is to compare Pepe Le Pew to Speedy Gonzalez is a far reach. First off, Pepe Le Pew was fucking creepy. Like, tell me he wasn't creepy. <laughs> I no, can agree no, with no, 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 no. Like, well, that's not it. I meant the, the, the second <laughs> one of the, the second reason why they they canceled Pepe Le Pew is because they French. thought they saw him as a an offense to the uh, to the French culture because he is French and it was supposed to be seen as a negative French stereotype. Yeah. So when they so when they looked at Speedy Gonzalez, they thought that he was a negative stereotype to Mexicans. Uh Jesus. Because he didn't he, what he, he didn't... sported just a he sported just about everything. He wore the sombrero, he wore a poncho, he likes he likes running fast and crosses the border so fucking often that you would think that he's an illegal immigrant. I don't. I wouldn't go that far. Jesus. <laughs> I'm saying because that was one of the things that was featured in older Speedy Gonzalez shorts. Right. Yeah. yeah. The point. The point is, is that it turns out that many Mexicans. And Hispanics actually fucking love Speedy Gonzalez. Go fucking shock. And they well, were confused as to why they loved Speedy Gonzalez. He's a negative Mexican stereotype. Do you not fucking watch the goddamn cartoons? Do you watch them at all? He just runs. Every fucking time Speedy Gonzalez is put into a challenge, he takes on the man. Yeah, and every single owns time. owns them. Every single time. <laughs> Every motherfucking time. And people loved it. And you know what's the saddest part? This is not the first time they tried to cancel Speedy Gonzalez. They tried canceling him over a decade and a half ago. Well, so... For the same fucking reason. Not even being in a movie this time. They just, like... They did. Just, they decided not to uh, re re uh, rerun his uh, older shorts... Because they thought he was an offense to the to Mexicans. And they said the same fucking thing. Shut up and play the damn cartoons. Yeah, it's, it's funny because it's like there's like a certain group of people that are saying everything's racist and everything needs to be canceled or removed. And it's like 
the people who should be offended by it are not offended by it. It's it blows my mind. It blows my it's mind. It's like that. It's like that <sighs> that meme that Drew showed me. I, on behalf of the white people, am offended on your behalf. Get the fuck out of here with your bullshit. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to shut the fuck up. No. <laughs> Seriously, don't be offended for me. Fuck off. Well, did you see? If I want to be offended by it, I will be, but I'm not. So did and you see I what they um? Ustedes, God damn. <laughs> yes, I'm Hispanic, and I'm not offended by Speedy Gonzalez. They could fuck off with that bullshit. So did you see that they um? Somebody pointed out in the uh, Space Jam trailer after the whole Pepe Le Pew thing that the Clockwork Orange guys were in the background. Oh my fucking god! Yes, let <laughs> let me let's talk about that. They. <laughs> They just they claim Pepe Le Pew promoted rape culture, and therefore he couldn't be in the movie. But let's go right ahead and keep the actual fucking rapists from Clockwork Orange in the movie. <laughs> oh man, I really want to hear like what someone has to say about that, or if they actually just cut them out completely now that it's been pointed out. I'm honestly curious. <clears throat> it's it's it's. It absolutely boggles my mind. And it only goes to show they only fucking care about what if people complain enough about this shit. Because clearly yeah, it didn't bother them before. Well, if you're looking at Pepe Le Pew and say and people are complaining that he is um that he is promoting rape culture, you would think that the logic would dictate that if there are others that would do the same thing, you would want them out of the picture too. But what I no. think happened is because it's just um, get rid of Pepe Le Pew. Space Jam is Warner Brothers, right? Yes. Uh, Clockwork Orange, I'm assuming, is also Warner Brothers. Yes. Are you they just knew saying about yes? It. They knew about this the whole time. Um, they knew about it. Hold on. They see. just refused to remove it because the only thing they were complaining about was Pepe Le Pew. So they got rid of that in hopes that these assholes would stop complaining. And not and hoped that nobody would notice this shit. Well, we Congratulations, dumbasses. Is it Warner Brothers? I gotta look this up. I need to know. Yeah, I'm sure it is Warner Brothers. I would assume it has to be because what I think they were trying to do is they were trying to incorporate all of their movies into um, Space Jam. Dude, popularity went down on this? What? I really liked Clockwork Orange, but I'm fucking weird, so. Uh, Director Stanley. It doesn't say the production company. Why does it not say production company? I am confused by this. They're probably hiding it. Google, you have fucked me. Oh. March 13th, 2019, there's an article, A Clockwork Orange in the Age of Cancellation. Do we want to deep dive into Clockwork Orange, guys? <laughs> there you go. A Clockwork Orange distributor, Warner Brothers. Perfect. Yeah. So they were just trying to get everybody into that, I think. 
Either way, doesn't matter. I'm actually curious about this article. Hold on. Because we all knew that the Looney Tunes was the same thing. It was a grab bag of Looney Tunes characters, and people would have fucking loved to see them. Apparently not. Peppa Le Pew was problematic. Somehow. As if fucking Looney Tunes isn't full of fucking stereotypes. Dude, Stanley Kubrick. Okay. Yes, he directed the play. I mean, the movie. What else did he direct? Full Metal Jacket. Yes, that's it. All right. I actually want to... He also did 2001 A Space Odyssey, correct? I Uh, think so. Maybe. I actually want to deep dive into this. I'm curious about this right now. So, okay. Article is written, A Clockwork Orange in the Age of Cancellation. It's written by Adam Naiman. So, is A Clockwork Orange Stanley Kubrick's worst movie? The director 1971 adaptation of Anthony... Uh, Burgess's Future Shock novel, which returned to Netflix this month after the absence from the streaming service for several years, is a work of undeniable visceral intensity and visual uh, imagination. Like Dr. Strangelove and a 2001 Space Odyssey before it. There you go. That's it. And The Shining. There you go. Full Metal Jacket, Eyes Wide Shut, and Eyes Wide Shut subsequently. It's been parodied... um, Pilloried, I don't know what that means, and fully subsumed into our collective DNA. Insert a scalpel at any random point in the past five decades of global pop culture, and you'll find uh, a steady pumping stream of red, red couvry. Last year, Canadian author Lynn Crosby used the Clockwork Orange as an inspiration for her sly-shattering novel, Chicken. <coughs> God damn it, why is my throat so dry? which is about a uh, decadent movie star modeled on a Clockwork Orange's leading man, Malcolm McDonald. McDowell, sorry. Since the the 1970s, icon uh, ranging from David Bowie to Bart Simpson to Rihanna have either donned Alex uh, DeLarge drag or adopted Nasdat slang. The film's aesthetic may uh, may be pop brutalist all the way, but as the subject for analysis, the Clockwork Orange is positively cubist. It can be such, uh, or it can be viewed and deconstructed from a dozen angles and at once, from its post-mod pre-punk Britishness to its uh, censor-baiting extreme extremity and video nasty status, or as uh, auteur worship for Kubrick, an actor showcase of McDowell, or a collision of art cinema rigor and counterculture brashness jesus christ this 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 guy just describes like everything there's comma let's go to the next one precedent prophecy or dated posturing or critique of sadism sensual uh, sensationalism sexism and exploitation and entertainment and an all-time case of the pot calling the kettle black (coughs) that has to be the longest fucking sentence known to man god damn dude break that shit up next time (laughs) <laughs> as with every one of Kubrick's movies other than his clumsy 1953 debut fear and desire and his low budget but much improved follow-up killer's kiss 1955 a clockwork orange has endured both as a work of art and a controversial uh, conversation piece <clears throat> you can't just shrug it off but if 
as I've always thought, a Clockwork Orange is ultimately a contradiction. A classic that is also a failure and a masterpiece that is somehow less than meets the wide pride open eye. Uh, its appearance on Netflix is a good opportunity to wrestle with its legacy. Oh my God, dude, get to the fucking point. <laughs> How long is, I'm not reading this whole fucking article. Where's your fucking point? My guy. This is from the ringer.com, by the way. I'm assuming this guy had nothing better to do at six o'clock in the morning than write this fucking article. Cause Jesus fucking Christ. It's starting to sound like a fucking bibliography of Stanley Kubrick. That's kind of what it is. It's, okay, so here's the very end. So, uh, uh, so is a Clockwork Orange Kubrick's worst? The only thing that stops me from saying yes is the experience in reviewing, reviewing, and reviewing a movie that ties to deal seriously with dark and twisted impulses in the moment when discussion about. Uh, the virtues of art, specifically the possible cancellation of work that either contains unsavory content or has been produced by unsavory characters, have, be kind, have become kind of a moral pissing contest. Oh, look, it fits into our topic. Look, that's the name of our episode, Pissing Contest. <laughs> it's hard to say what's more boring, the idea that a good movie is, uh, is one made by a good person or it contains content that could be considered progressive for its time and place, or the shutting down of the position of those who invest in rejecting it can seem condescending or creepy. Okay, so you're not canceling it? They don't know what to do. Dude, this whole article, the entire time, I didn't know what the fucking point was. They, even the last fucking paragraph, they don't even say it should be canceled or anything, or it shouldn't be canceled. <laughs> to paraphrase Kale, we become clockwork oranges if we reject difficult art without asking what's inside us first. <laughs> and it's better to watch a clockwork orange than to be one. So they don't want to cancel it. So apparently clockwork orange is OK, as a, according to an article from 2019. <laughs> well, is it OK now? It's only been two fucking years. I feel like I wasted my life just reading that one fucking sentence that just went on and on and on and on. God damn. How many times did you want to describe the same fucking thing? <laughs> oh, shit. You know, for someone who paints pewter and resin figures, you sure have a lot of uh, things to say about how you spend your time. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> reading that sentence reading that sentence to me and my head was like dude my head like literally shut itself off halfway through reading that and it felt like i was just watching paint dry at some point <laughs> ironic like the fuck am i reading i'm like words didn't even start to make sense anymore i'm like what does this even fucking mean i just keep reading <laughs> i love it I go and shoot you. You take the gun and say, give me that and point it at your own foot. Like I can do this my fucking self. Right. <laughs> Jesus. God. I drive trucks. I just drive trucks. Oh, oh, that doesn't get us canceled for making fun of. <laughs> First of all, truck drivers are the fucking heroes and have been since this fucking whole COVID nonsense started. So you ain't going to hear me fucking argue. Yeah, right. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Like... Um, uh, what? Oh, what's next? 
I, I mean, we just since we're talking about movies, why don't we talk about those fucking trailers? Ah, <clears throat> oh, yes, the Ghostbusters trailers. Well, even the Spider-Man one. Have you seen the new Spider-Man one with the multiple universes? Nah, I think that was a fan. That was a fan service one. I don't think it's a real one yet. You don't know? I don't think that's real. It hit Tom Holland. Linked it. The one that you linked in the chat. No, that one says it was a fan-made thing. Wasn't it from Disney? I don't believe nope. so. If you want to look it up, go find it. I'm going to try to look it up right now. <laughs> what was it called? Uh, Almost Home? <clears throat> I believe so, yeah. Um, well, it's not on the Disney Plus app, so hold on. I thought it was from like Disney's actual like <clears throat> YouTube page. It's far from home. What the fuck did I link? Hold on, let me go to the chat. <laughs> uh, this is so annoying because I usually have everything pulled up. <laughs> No way home. Yeah, it says Disney Plus on it. It's branded. Oh, okay. Live and watch it, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> Is it branded? I, dude, I'm done with I'm done with Marvel and I'm done with fucking Star Wars. I have there's no flavor in those fucking things for me. So you two want to go and talk about it, you go right ahead. Now I hold on. It says Disney Plus on it, but who knows? You could just fucking drop a watermark on it. <clears throat> I guess it never happened. Well, damn. No, release date December 17th, 2021. Wait, December 17th? Yeah. Of course. Such a terrible day. Which is weird. Because didn't... uh, Homecoming, was that a Sony thing? No. uh, Homecoming was... uh, It was a a joint venture, I believe. Okay, so then this one must be a joint venture, too, because it's being distributed by Sony. (coughs) And Tom Holland's in it. Cool. So I don't know. I think it's cool. It's um, it kind of gives you that feel of like the um Miles Morales like multiverse type thing. Um, I don't. I, I mean, I I hope it's cool. I hope they do more than just the three Spider Mans that are there, and I hope they have actual three different Spider Mans and not just Tom Holland over and over again. But it doesn't seem that way. It seems like it's just him from different universes. And he has something haunting himself. I mean, it looks cool, and I'm a, I'm gonna watch it. I haven't, I still haven't seen um, Far From Home or Homecoming yet. Oh well, fair enough. But going along with the Marvel Universe, Paul Rudd and Ghostbusters Three. Did you guys at least watch that one with the little mini Stay Puffs? 
Oh, you mean ba- you, you mean baby state puff? Yeah, they were, dude. They were turning themselves into s'mores. That was the fucking best thing ever. <laughs> Look, I'm just hoping fucking Disney doesn't sue their asses for it. Why? Disney owns Ghostbusters. No, that's the point. But one of the images of the state puffs was like point for point. Uh, like Baby Yoda from the Ma- uh, from the Mandalorian. Oh, they try to do like one of those things with them. Yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, if you guys haven't watched it, go watch it. It's the um, Ghostbusters Three Afterlife. Now, if you watch the Ghostbusters with um, the women, um, the twenty sixteen, horrib- the horrible rendition of the Ghostbusters, and it's not because it's women. It's just it was just badly done god damn it it was just terrible um this is completely different this one all the ghostbusters seem to be dead at least that's what i'm getting from the trailer paul rudd is just investigating some weird earthquakes that have been happening and it turns out egan's kid is the one that has all of the equipment and they bring back the old car they bring back and it's kids it's literally kids this time which i think is fucking cool as hell and it has that, um, you remember that old movie? Was it Mimsy? Am I saying that right? I do not, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. So now, oh my God, it, it was a weird, <laughs> uh, not Mimsy. What the fuck was it called? I don't know. It was a it was a weird cartoon, not cartoon. It was a weird movie with kids and something came from outer space and had something to do with this rabbit. Um, I'm trying to figure out. Mimsy. Yeah, the last Mimsy. That's what it was called. It's got that kind of feel to it. Uh, That one was directed by I don't fucking know. Because apparently it doesn't want to tell you who directs shit anymore. Anyway, so the last Mimsy came out in 2007. It was this like weird alien kid rabbit movie. <clears throat> I don't know. That's the only way I can explain it. I don't really remember it. I'd have to go back and watch it, but it wasn't bad. It was just one of those weird movies. And I, the Ghostbusters kind of has the same feel to me right now is that this one is mostly kids and it's going to have that weird, like edgy, like kids doing cool things vibe while the adults just kind of sit around and watch. <laughs> I, that's just how I feel about it. And it's Paul Rudd. Who doesn't like Paul I mean, Rudd? I mean, the concept is fine, but it just sounds like to me, they don't really understand what Ghostbusters was to begin with. Like Ghostbusters wasn't necessarily, wasn't this like family film of of the sorts. I think they're just it trying was, to keep the IP alive. It was tr- it, it was essentially a horror film, but it had its lighter moments. Or I should say not a horror moment, a thr- it, it was a thriller, excuse me. I was about to say I'm like you're going to have your lighter moments, dude. You half your actors were comedians. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> half of them didn't actually, you know, do any comedy in the movie. 
for the most part, if you remember. I think Bill Murray had, had like a ton a, of comedy they, in they, that movie. They, they had like a few quick jabs of comedy, a few quick moments, but it wasn't really anything comedic. I mean, you just th- think of it. It's funny because it's an '80s movie, and the yeah, and the visual effects are <laughs> still pretty bad. I I still think Bill Murray was that whole movie. <laughs> so. It's true, sir. Yeah, yeah. This man is no dick. <laughs> Aykroyd was good, but Aykroyd actually stuck to a character where Bill Murray was basically Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray doesn't play. He doesn't act. He just plays himself, which is fine because the dude's hilarious. <laughs> so. I don't know. That's all we got for movie wise. And uh, if you thought you weren't going to get anything to talk about movies, you got some talk about movies. Oh, by the way, I still haven't gone back to watch WandaVision. <laughs> it's fine. You're not missing out much. No, I started Tokyo Ghoul. So I finished My Hero Academia and then I started Tokyo Ghoul. And I'm really liking Tokyo Ghoul. So um, I'm glad you are, man. I just don't have time to go back to um, WandaVision. Tokyo Ghoul is so cool. Dude. I'm on the second season where like all the bad shit happened in the like at the end of the first season. I'm like, oh, this is going to get so good. <laughs> this is going to get so, wow. so good. <laughs> Fuck WandaVision. Go watch something like Drifters, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I told you about it the last time I was on the podcast where it's about it's a fantasy mix of history and well fantasy it's an isekai where one historical dude when he dies he gets warped into another world full of elves and medieval and shit but he finds out that there are other historical figures there too from like Oda Nobunaga to like fucking Joan of Arc who apparently upon her death has gained pyrokinetic abilities, and if you remember how Joan of Arc died, you would see the irony there. How can I watch this, Drifters? It's on Crunchyroll. Oh, god damn it! I didn't pay for Crunchyroll. What's wrong with you? No, I didn't pay for it because <laughs> I, I actually I deleted the app because the fucking annoyance of the goddamn ads on the on the fucking app. Well, that's well, that's why. That's right. The thing. No, I'm not I paying pay, for the shit. I pay the premium. Yeah, no, I'm not so. paying for the fucking shit just because you force the ads down my throat. Not happening. I'm making a stand, goddammit. I gotta find it somewhere else. They were doing it. They were doing that though ever since the 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 app started. Yeah, they're not. They're never ever going to change that. I'm letting you know right now. Ever no, since that company was uh, started, they always did that. You know, I need old YouTube anime to come back where you watch like 15 minutes and then have to go to a part two. And get another thing, get the end of the episode. <laughs> that died out because of copyright. All these oh, fucking I know. assholes I kept know. Uh, flagging the videos down. I watched, I almost watched all of Bleach and I watched all of Naruto on YouTube <laughs> back in the day. See, that's hard for me to believe, but at least it's believable, somewhat believable. Because if you tell me, oh, I finished all of One Piece. I'm gonna fucking call your shit out. My right kid's there. close, man. My kids, my kids at uh, he just they just met um, Gold Rogers, like right hand man. I have no idea who that is. Gold Rogers, the king of the pirates. I don't watch One Piece. Oh my god, my kid's like obsessed with it, and he's been watching it uh, subbed. 
and he's like trying to tell me about it. Dude, I'm like, dude, I'm I'm at like the point where they stopped dubbing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I lo- I watch dub. I I don't hate subbed, but I prefer dubbed. <laughs> no, it's fair. It's fair. Um, I I myself also prefer dub over sub, but I've softened up over subs over the years just because of. Uh, the BS that they've been doing with dubs as of recent. Yeah. There's some, there's some of them like I've only watched in dub, but for the most part, like if there's a, or I mean, sub there's some of them that I can only watch in sub or I've only seen in sub, but for the most part I watched, I'll watch it. I'll watch dubbed. If there's a dubbed option, like that's just how I am. Wait a minute. I just realized something. Oh, please. If they have it, I will. Oh no, wait, never mind. Not available right now. Whatever. <laughs> I thought I saw. I thought I saw on Amazon. Uh, Karakuri Circus, the whole series available for like fifty bucks, but that's that's only on pre-order right now. So I gotta wait. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Might as well wait. I hate dude, paying for pre-orders dude, when I can just I buy it after. I love that fucking series. It's so damn good. It's just the current ones they only have available are like $300 and I'm not spending $300 on a DVD set. Yeah. The only set that I really want to get DVD wise is cowboy bebop. And I don't know why I never bought it. And I just like, I just need to find like some fancy collector's edition version of it now. Um, Dude, they're, they're asking for hard prices right now. Are they really for cowboy bebop? Dude, it's a beloved anime franchise. I love Cowboy Bebop. I have the entire series on DVD, and I got it at fucking Walmart for under 20 bucks. All right, let me see. Yeah, dude. Dude, you can still buy Dragon Ball GT, the full series, at fucking Walmart for 35. Dude, you can buy buy Blu-ray on Amazon for 30 bucks. I'm not shocked about that. Even though I love GT, you can buy Blu-ray uh, right now. You can buy Blu-ray the complete series for thirty bucks, or you can get the old version, the complete old version for two hundred nineteen, the original release of it. But you can buy a newer release of it for thirty bucks. But I want collector's edition, so let's go for some collector shit. Uh, collector edition. Yeah, the original one is going to cost me $220. Fan-fucking-tastic. Jesus. If you've learned anything from these shows, folks, is keep your old shit for fuck's sake. (laughs) They have a vinyl, too. I wonder. I don't even have anything to play vinyl. Why the fuck would I buy that? That makes no sense. You're a collector, dude. You tell me. But I don't even have that big of a collection. <laughs> I, I don't. Like, what I have is what I have. <laughs> like, I know I recently bought two figures. I bought an Android 18 figure, and I bought uh, Broly from the, from Dragon Ball Super. I just bought uh, two Samurai Oni masks. Don't ask me why. I just didn't. I'm not even going <laughs> to ask. Wh- I'm, I'm not... I don't want to know. They look cool. <laughs> I mean, okay. You do yeah. you, man. Yeah. You do you. I told you I like the aesthetic. I mean, 
And then I found and Drew. I already, me and Drew I'm already not talked about it either, this. But usually, if I would buy something like that, it's like for cosplay and shit. Like, that's the I funny thing I, is, I, I can wear them for. Blade. I want to buy the Chilling Blade held by Shahudun in Dynasty Warriors Seven, but that's gonna cost me roughly a thousand bucks, and that is something I can't fucking afford. So these masks are not meant to be hung; they're actually meant to be worn, and they're definitely cosplay masks. I didn't overpay for them; I only paid, I think, thirty a piece. Um, but then I found I, I sent it to Drew and uh, me. Remember when we were talking about magic when they were doing that secret layer? We were doing, talking about secret layers and we talking about the uh, the metal cards, but they were actual cards. And I was like, it'd be cool if they were in metal. Well, I found this company that will print jumbo sized versions of the card for me. So I'm going to send them the art and get jumbo sized versions to hang on the wall in the basement. <laughs> Okie dokie then. Hey, what the fuck? Like they look cool. Don't you can't tell me they don't. It's like the the displate service or whatever that everybody has been trying to like sell me on fucking YouTube lately. Anyway, so yeah, I'm gonna do that because I think that's fucking cool. Once I get the name of the company and I actually figure out the ordering, I will share it with everybody. But, um. I haven't done it yet <laughs> and I probably won't until later this year. <sighs> Shall we go into some Strixhaven? I'm not, I'm still not hype. I'm still not hyped for the set, but these commander decks are like a must have right now. Well, you ain't lying, dude. Yeah. If you're going to get them at cost, they're definitely a must have there. Dude, there's so many cool fucking reprints. And like I would, so they released one. Was it like one a day, or like one every other day? And no, they f- it was one a day because even the Witherbloom one came out at the end of the day on Friday. So like one per day starting on Monday. So for yeah. one for each of the weekdays. Yeah, dude. There's like Lorehold has some awesome reprints in it. You've got uh, Sun Titan. Uh, you've got Heldrake Tyrants is in that one. Uh, oh, Hellkite Tyrants. Um, Steel Hellkite. Uh, Gear Hulk are, are two of the big power ones. Sun Titan gets reprinted in every fucking commander set. I have like nine right. of them. Yeah, but it's still a cool Sol- card. <laughs> Solemn Simulacrum, uh, uh, Steel Overseer. Those are some of the bigger the bigger ones for Lorehold that I've that I was looking at. Yeah. Uh, and Thousand Year Elixir. Thousand Year Elixir was getting up there in price, so getting another copy of that is fucking great. Where's the Thousand Year Elixir? It's in the oh, artifacts yeah. section. Yep, there it is. Yep. And yeah. then, and then, um, uh, some of the some of the effects that they've thrown in, like monologue tax, which is flipping hysterical. Um. Oh, jeez. There's one that's uh. There, there's one uh. Um, out of the uh, the Quandrix deck that people were thinking was gonna go, it was an infinite combo. Unfortunately, it's not. It's because uh, it only happens once per time you create a token. Uh, but yeah, we've got for the uh, Prismari. The reprints on that one are. Um, looking here, Naru Talred. Those were cool ones. Uh, at least for me. Talrand is in. Uh, Talrand gets reprinted all the all the time. Narumeha is the second printing, so that's good. Uh, Jaya Ballard's pretty good. Um, 
Let me see what else we've got here. Um, I swear I've seen Mindstone reprinted before too. Mindstone's usually a common or an uncommon, so that one yeah. usually gets reprinted pretty comfortably. Treasure uh, Dig Cruise, time, a good one. Uh, Brainstorm isn't a rare, but it's good to have extra copies of that because it's usually as a common. It's pretty expensive. Same with Ponder. Uh, I think Serum Visions was in there too. Yeah, I'm Serum Visions and Treasure Cruise. Yeah, those are uh, lovely reprints, and again, usually good commons. Um, yeah, but otherwise, like a lot of their, a lot of the power stuff they have in there is um, in the newer cards for Prismari, uh, Quandrix. Not, well, well, let's just talk about this. The the box, the the planes, the planeswalker, the the commander it comes with, uh, Adrix and Nev, is probably going to be one of the more popular build uh, for tokens because they're built an ability that functions essentially like uh, like anointed procession. So that's fun. Uh, Guru Primal Hunter gets reprinted all the time, so it's not really that great of a planeswalker. But each deck right. has a planeswalker, so that's kind of cool. Um, as far as reprints for that one, good, re cool reprints for that one. We've got um, Master Biomancer is pretty good. Uh, Champion of Wits is decent. Um, Rite of Replication is amazing and it needed a reprint. The last time that came out was that they had a reprint of that was in the monocolored Planeswalker uh uh commanders i think that was 20 i think this started in 2013 so it'll be 2014 it was the second year because they're all monocolored so that, that's pretty fucking awesome um beast within is always good to get more copies of it's usually an uncommon but it's useful uh but the newer cards for it like the um yeah. i just drew a beast within from the time spiral set yeah, it's an it's the it's the old art too, so it's nice. Yeah. Essex the fractal Essex fractal bloom is supposed to be the uh, the really powerful card in that. Um, it's got uh, whenever the, the the first time you create it's cr the first time you create tokens, um, you can choose a creature other than Essex and have those tokens come out as a copy of that creature. Um, it it combos with uh, Avenger of Zendikar, which uh, makes it doesn't go infinite because you only get it once. But uh, when when Avengers Endicar comes into play, you put a number of zero one plant tokens into play equal the amount of land you have in play. So you come in, it hits the ta it hits the board. Uh, you choose uh, it to, you choose its tokens to come out as copies of it. So then you get however many lands you have in play times how <laughs> times itself or, right. or squared or whatever in. Uh, copies of Avenger of Zendikar. So like if you have seven lands in play, you play Avenger of Zendikar, you get seven additional copies of Avenger of Zendikar and they each come out with their own plant tokens. So that's pretty fucking poor. Replication techniques pretty good. Spawning Kraken I want for my uh for my um uh Eryxmethes deck. Yeah, nothing here is particularly bad uh, that I've seen. No, a lot of the really cool, a lot of really cool cards. Like, like I'm happy that I did my usual commons and uncommons, and then uh, pre-ordering a, a set of the commanders because, like this, these are these are definitely worth the money, especially with all the reprints. Oh yeah, like 
Like the Orzov one, you're uh, like so the Silver Quill one. I know you're gonna get. Oh, I'm getting all of them. Number one, but the Silver Quill one it has like half the shit I need for my deck. Well, not half the shit, but some stuff I need for my deck, and there's no reason for me not to buy this one. So, um, where is it? Uh, I mean, I need an Orzov Signet, so that would be cool to have. Um. Windborn Muse is good. Knight of the White Orchid's a good reprint. Uh, the Planeswalker hasn't been reprinted. Gideon Champion of Champion. Justice is good times. Yeah. Deathbringer Leaves is a Lorwyn block card that hasn't had a reprint, so that's cool. Um, the, Tessa, uh, what is it called? Tessa Envoy um, of Ghouls, or Envoy of Ghosts. She's pretty good. Um, they're reprinting... Uh, Debtor's Nell, which has only been ever reprinted in the uh, the guild kits that came out shortly after the the third Ravnica block started. That one's pretty expensive. Um, Curse of Disturbance is a decent reprint. Where's the uh, Ghostly Prison's always been an uncommon, but it's always been like a three or four dollar card. So every time they reprint Ghostly Prison, that's definitely a bonus, and that's probably a card you'll want. Yep, that is one of the cards I need. <laughs> Oblation and Utter End are definitely cards you're going to want. Uh, Tragic Arrogance is, an, is a good uh, board wipe. Like, there isn't anything. And uh, they reprinted Miko Koro, uh, Center of the Sea, which is an yep. old uh, Kamigawa legendary land. So that's kind of nice that they've actually brought that back in that deck. Um, Ink Shield is a fun new card that prevents damage. You get uh, two one inklings for all the damage it prevented. Um <coughs> uh, <clears throat> Yeah, Ink there's Shield a fun artifact I believe that's in this deck too. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, Coveted Jewel. No, it's it's out of the it's out of the other it's out of the other list. I'm just trying to remember. Uh, the hell is it called? The Warhammer Luxon on Warhammer. That's not a reprint, or that or that's a reprint. Um, Tempting Contract. Tempting Contract says. Oh um, yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, the treasures that you can get out of that are insane. So that's going to be a really expensive card. If you okay, you each opponent may create a treasure token. I think it's at the end step. I can't remember what the wording was on it. But if they create one for each treasure token created, you get to create one. So if you're playing against three people and all three of them are like, "Oh, extra mana, cool, I'll take that," and then you get three extra mana on your turn for you to use. It's uh, it's a bit insane, especially because uh, the majority of commanders multiplayer. So the value you'll get out of that is uh, pretty insane. Huge. Combine that with stuff like smothering tithe, and uh, I think you're pretty much set for set for the game if you play it correctly. Oh yeah, for sure. smothering tithe did get reprinted, right? Smothering tithe got okay. So the original smothering tithe came out in the in the third Ravnica block. Um, no, I'm saying it was in these sets, I thought I saw it. It was reprinted again in, I want to say it was either the list or in the mystery boosters, and it was still expensive then. And then there was a reprint when they had the, that short-lived uh, the Brawl decks for uh, uh, Throne of Eldraine. Uh, one of the pre-constructeds came in the Smothering Tithe as well. There, no, it's it's one of the, it's one of the staples in CEDH and... Uh, a lot of decks. It's a coveted card in in uh, EDH overall. Yeah, I thought it was in these sets. I first, I don't know why I thought it was in these. Oh, you know what it was? No, it was greed. 
Green and Sanguine Bond. I, I have a Sanguine Bond from Tyree Spiral I just drew. And Greed is one of the cards I wanted from the Witherbloom set. And then you have the Luxodon Warhammer, which is cool. <coughs> um, What else is there? I've been coughing a lot. Jesus fucking Christ. My throat is so fucking dry. Yeah, um, um, the, the Witherbloom uh, reprints. Yeah, Greed is one of them. That hasn't been reprinted in a while. No. Uh, Sanguine Bond gets reprinted. In fact, it got reprinted in uh, uh, TSR. Yeah, I have. That's uh, the one I have. With the old border. Yeah, that's the one I just I just drew. Um, there's so many good. Like, to, Bloodthirsty Aerialist, but Aerialist, but that one's a. Uh, I have that one. I have Epicure of Blood. I have. I think I have a vampire nighthawk somewhere. Yeah, most of the creatures in that are either uh, uh, sapling of Colfinor. That's actually uh, that hasn't had a reprint in a while, so that's good. Um, trying to see if there's anything else out of here. I'm glad that they're throwing feed the swarm into the decks now because that's a fun that's a fun black card. First black card that actually destroys enchantments directly. I think they did really good with the mana base in these on what they gave you i'm i'm 50 50 on it because they put the pain lands in and that's fine because the pain lands are budget uh good lands but the problem is is if you contrast that by the last um the the icoria ones last year not only did they come with uh there were check lands that they came with that were uh, the dual type lands that say if you control a planes or yeah. you know an x land or x land it comes into play on tap and not only that they reprinted um some of the old uh odyssey uh they're called they call them signet lands because they function like the uh um the, the uh the artifact signets but they basically tap that you tap them and pay one colorless and then you get two mana out of them of one of each color so but they didn't do that this time but the stuff that they threw in additionally like each deck comes with a with a scry land, and each deck comes with a pain land, and then an exotic orchard, and then the usual like suite of you know uh, crack lands that come with it, like uh, uh, terramorphic expanse and evolving wilds, myriad landscape, yeah. uh, um, stuff like that. But like Witherbloom has high market, and high market was like a five or six dollar card, so getting a reprint of that's pretty cool. And then some of the new stuff out of that. Uh, apparently, the uh, there is a legendary out of the Witherbloom that actually uh, interacts with morph creatures. So uh, I'm kind of excited about grabbing that. Yeah, I'm gonna try to see if. It, oh, uh, all Almahet's archive. It's a reprint, and they have it oh, underneath yeah, the other archives in there too. Yep. Oh yeah, it's a Yodora the Grave Gardener. If a creature of you control dies, you may have it come. In, you may put it back into play face down as a forest. Uh, they've already ruled that if it has morph, you can morph it back into what into whatever it was from from being a forest face down. Oh no! So uh, there's actually an infinite combo out of that already. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, there's a card called Pro, uh, I think it's called Proteus Engine or Protean Engine which is an artifact creature with a zero morph cost. So you sack it, it turns into a forest, you tap the forest, uh, pay its morph cost to flip it, sack it, and you can infinitely loop that for uh, it, you know any amount of mana or death triggers if you're playing 
a a um um ugh, a, a, a an aristocrat style deck. Yeah, I did, I have to say, like out of the recent, so I haven't grabbed. Okay, I take that back. I grabbed two years ago. I grabbed um one of the decks, one of the commander decks. I think it was just uh, I think it was the vampire one. And I ended up losing that in like a little like mini flood thing that I had happen. But out of the years I've been like following this, I think this set is probably one is like the best step that they've taken with like reprints. Uh, for power reprints, yes. Yeah. Um, even last year, a lot of the value ended up coming out later with a lot of the newer stuff because last year they they introduced the. Um, the free cast spells out of the five decks and uh, like three out of the five of them ended up becoming expensive cards. Uh, deadly, uh, deadly relic, uh, fierce guardianship and deflecting SWAT are some of the more powerful cards in CEDH right now because they're free cast as long as you have your commander in play. And then the previous yeah. year, um, Dockside Extortionist jumped up to four, uh, the, the Dockside Extortionist out of the Savine deck. It was one of the more uh, expensive cards that came out of there too. And thankfully, because of weird, weird um, uh, supplying in a lot of places, a lot of uh, big box stores had a surplus of commander decks from last year and the previous year. So managing to get a hold of those, I currently have almost a place at a fierce guardianship right now deflecting SWAT same thing uh deadly and deadly rollick i think i have like two the uh, the green uh, fog i have three yeah so like they're good cards and then with the savine decks i managed to acquire like four or five of those so i ended up with a crap ton of dockside extortionists i still have two i believe or three and the one and I ended up trading all the rest of them to my LGS for other cards. So it was uh it was worth it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean I'm definitely buying all of these. There's no reason not to. <laughs> so if there's I anything if there's any hype that we, you're gonna get from us out of the strict saving set, it is the fucking commander decks. <laughs> That's the hype you're gonna get from us. <laughs> I'll go a step further and say that the the commons and uncommons also are pretty worth it because a lot of the cards that were that used to be rare or card effects that used to be rare are now dropping to uncommon and a lot of them are really good for like budget building for commander and I'm going to you're going to see those those cards skyrocket in price yeah. when standard when they when they end up in standard because a lot of them are going to be really powerful removal and standard is full of removal right now, so it's only going to get better. It's only going to get worse with that. So, I'll I'll go the extra mile and say if you can get get a hold of some of the commons and uncommons that have that are removal, uh, go for it. If not just for flavor, but for for the actual uh, the power level. And and a lot of legendary creatures are in uncommon right now, and some of those le legendaries are pretty good too. So. That my hype is for those two things, and trust me, I already pre-ordered my my uh, my my set of five already, and probably going forward, if I see them at like Target and stuff when when the set comes out at the end of the month, I absolutely will probably chip away and grab at some of the more uh, coveted ones with some of the reprints that I'll end up using in other decks. So I'm 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 sold on the on the commander stuff and definitely on the commons and uncommons, with yep. obviously the legendaries being worth it, but. 
I'm going to wait until the the standard meta starts to turn around and shift and buck a bit before I may start uh, legend hunting like I usually do with these sets because it's not worth it for me to go and pre-order the shit because it's usually more expensive than it needs to be and the prices usually settle to sub five dollars in most cases it happened with even Kaldheim, except for with like a few cards like vorinclex and uh tybalt everything else that i wanted in legendary was sub 10 or five dollars depending on what it was so meh yeah there's not yeah yeah <laughs> jump the guard buy singles where you need to some of the cards are powerful but Really heavy focus on tokens, like the decks themselves for Commander. I'm not gonna keep them as decks. I'm gonna break no. them apart into yeah. pieces and throw them in my binder, or create other, or put them in other decks. I just don't, I don't like the way the decks are set up. Even the Quandrix one, I don't really care enough, and I already have other decks that I can use a lot of those cards for. I think I think Lorehold might be the only one I leave as Lorehold, but the rest of them, maybe even Quandrix. But the rest of them, I'm definitely going to break up because there's shit in the other ones that I just need. So, But anyway. Well, and, it's, and especially if you get into Commander and you start building more decks, like those extra cards, that's build fodder for, for later decks that you can use. Right. No, 100%. I agree. I'm not saying they're useless. I'm just saying I'll probably leave them together until I need them for something else. So I dig it. Yeah. Anyway, going along the more lines of MTG... We need to talk about hashtag MTG booty. Oh, get the booty booty. So um, <laughs> this goes one of two ways, and it's actually hilarious. And then at the same time, when you think about it, it's sad. And at the same time, when you think about it, you're like, what the fuck? Uh, so this all started with um, a Twitch streamer and MTG content creator who's apparently sponsored by Channel Fireball, who's, I think, uh, Zbex or Zanade Beckham is also sponsored by Channel Fireball. Um, it's a female content creator, basically. Her name's Talia Vess. And four days ago, she posted uh, a picture of herself, like, showing off her dress, and it was, like, an over-the-shoulder shot. And somebody... <laughs> Somebody asked her, like, actually put in the... And then, okay, let's read her tweet, and then I'll get into what was said. So, he goes, if you follow or support this misogynist, um, and they put his name, MTGO Nazart, I highly suggest blocking and reporting them for harassment. Women should be celebrated and welcome to the MTG community, not treated like objects. Okay. He literally, this is what he says underneath that post where she was looking over her shoulder in the picture when she was talking about she's going live on Twitch uh, and playing some historic. Um, I would like, to, I would like to ask you a question. It, it is not controversy or sarcasm, but I would really like to understand why in the post about magic, you put a picture of your body. Uh, okay. A very imaginative way. Okay. She said something. Oh, because I play magic and I happen to be a woman uh, that's considered using my body as marketing uh, as a marketing plan to you. My streams uh, slash content have been focused. have never been focused on my body, but if I wanted to want it to be, that's okay. Uh, another male entitled ego offended by a woman playing MTG pathetic. 
a very and he goes a very imaginative way of saying I use my body to do marketing. It would be nice if there was less hypocrisy and less my t- uh, my target followers are guys a bit lonely who like to see a beautiful female body play a game they like. And it just it just a downhill spiral basically. So she has that interaction. She blocks the dude. Um. She he goes no you're wrong no problem if a woman plays magic, indeed I am very happy if a woman uh if women play magic, or play with it the problem is that you put your ass on Twitter to get attention this uh commodification is offensive for women who who put real magic content and for all women who fight against uh the commodification of the female body. If you want to make followers show, uh, make followers showing your ass, why don't you use Patreon? Who is there for this? Question mark. Oh my god! So it's basically how dare you objectify me? Shut up and leave me to objectify myself in peace. So I don't know who she is, but I know who Zebex is, and um, Zenaid Beckham, her real name. And she's a cosplayer that plays magic. And I have to say that she's not one of those people that just like flashes her body everywhere. Like, yeah, she'll flash off the cosplay and the cosplay is cool and she'll do like different makeup things. But um, she actually puts out decent MTG content. I don't know who this Talia Vess is, and I probably should look into it. I should have looked into it before we started talking about it. But this spawned and this happened four days ago and this spawned a whole like twitter hashtag of just random people showing their ass on twitter from guys to women to even uh Tularian community college who you know the professor who we gave shit about last time the thing that bothered me is when you go through this yeah it's a bunch of people showing off their bodies their body positive and some people showing off their butts because that was the part of the joke they want to show their butts and the professor was in his underwear The ones that bothered me were the ones who were in bras, flashing tits or like their underwear and stuff like that. And those were attached. uh, Some of them, not all of them. Some of them were attached to like those like spicy content creators. Now, here's my problem with this. Back in 2016, um, somebody was kicked off of the. Uh, MTG creator um, like program for having an OnlyFans. So Magic found out about it and kicked her out of the program. Here, Here's where things get weird for me. Not really weird, but here's my point. Yes, there are women who do use their bodies to get followers. This is a thing. This is a known thing. What pisses me off about it is that they're literally gaining followers and clout and pushing content because of because of they're selling themselves sexually where people who are putting out real content are getting shit on male, female, trans, otherwise they're pushed aside because you have because sex sells like that's the thing. Right. And this guy was generally I mean, he was asking a question. I don't think it was the right content creator because I didn't find the picture all that, you know, sexual. It was just her like being cute, like, hey, I'm going live on Twitch. Ha. 
she wasn't like she didn't have like a see-through dress on she, her whole body was covered like i i it didn't make sense to me but there is a, a portion of people and you cannot deny that portion is there so yeah oh it's body positivity we have to show off our bodies blah 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 all right cool i'm okay with that but those assholes that have ruined it for everybody else that are putting you in this situation is the problem. Agreed. But my question is, is why do they have to, def- why do they have to be responsible for the people who ruined it for them? But they're not. That's the pro- problem is, is you have, I mean, but here's the thing is you have this guy who's asking a genuine question that he thought at least was a genuine question. And she's just straight off jumping on the misogynist train. He's not he's just saying if you want to sell your body, sell your body like this isn't about your body. Like you're putting out MTG content and she might be putting out great content. But like I said, I don't know who she is, but like. This guy, this this guy kind of, I guess, like echoes what I have to say, like if you want to sell your body, sell your fucking body, but don't use your body as like your marketing tool and then claim that you're not doing it. And I think that I think that's where it comes down to. But it's not I don't think it's misogynist. It's literally how it is. Like there's guys that do the same fucking thing. You don't think there's women that follow some of these guys out here, like with their shirts off and shit. That these guys are know that that's happening and they're doing most of their content like shirtless. Like it, it goes both ways. It's not just women. It's men doing it, too. So like, it, like they're just taking. I mean, obviously they're taking advantage of it, but some of them are taking advantage of it, advantage of it to sell a whole totally different content, which was kind of what this guy was trying to the point he was making. Like, if you want to do, if you want to keep it separate, keep it separate. But like, you can't mix your fucking MTG content with fucking naked people. I don't think she's doing this. This Talia Vest don't 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 think I'm saying that's what she's doing because <laughs> that's not that's not what she's doing. <laughs> Clearly, that's not what she's doing. But what I do have a problem with her is calling other people misogynist <coughs> for a culture that has been created online that some like a, some people have ruined that for you. Like it's not misogynist to wonder, hey are you getting naked? <laughs> like, <laughs> Cause I like, honestly, if I run into a content creator, like, which I've run through a few with, with TikTok and the such, as I drop my fucking phone <clears throat> with TikTok and stuff where it's, I stop following them because that's not the content I'm there for. I'm there for uh, MTG content. I'm there for D and D content. I'm there for, Warhammer content. I'm not there to see you naked. If I wanted to see you naked, I'd be on a fucking porn site. You know what I'm saying? We're only fans, either one. No, I'm not paying for porn. That's not happening. <laughs> uh, that's you, dude, but that's yeah. not everyone. Right, but do you understand what I'm saying, though? It it's like... For only fans, there wouldn't be only fans. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, if I'm following you, I'm following you for the content. But the second you start showing, you stick. The second you start doing something that I don't like, that I'm not following you anymore. That's just how I am. Like I don't follow people to fucking see naked bodies or see your body. Like if that's what you want to show off, and like, like there's there's some content creators on TikTok that you know have their occasional like, oh I'm doing this trend thing. I'm like, all right, cool. But you're not selling. You're not trying to sell me your body. You know what I'm saying? Right. But again, with with the situation over there. 
the person's assuming that that's the marketing tool that that this that Talia Vess is using. Right. I, I, without further context or me being aware of what the fuck is he would say that for if she has an OnlyFans. No. Or that then then that what she's posting on Twitter is what she's posting. If he's be is like why, like if he's being neo puritanical because she might show a little more shoulder or something to that effect. You even said it yourself. They don't seem overly suggestive. So. No, it doesn't. It's literally her just looking over her shoulder. She's not like she's not just gonna have her whole ass in the camera. She's not like has a see through dress on. She's just literally staying there like looking cute over her shoulder. Like, hey, come. You know, I'm going live, going to play some historic. Come check it out. Like, and then that's what this guy put on there. So, like, I don't like they're looking at the rest of her Twitter feed. Like before that, she's not one of those people that does this, like that is using her body to get followers. She's genuinely just a girl that plays magic, that puts out content. And I, like I said, I don't know her content. I don't know. If it's great content, I'm assuming it's decent content if she's being sponsored by like Channel Fireball and stuff like that. But, um, you know, like that's not her, like looking at her other photos on here and stuff like that. She's not, she doesn't use her body like that. She doesn't, she's not saying, hey, uh, you know, like flashing her, flashing her cleavage, like, hey, come check me out. You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't seem that type of person. But so for me, for that guy, I think it's a little uncalled for. But that guy's feed might be filled with other women that do do that. So now he's trying to ask this. Like, I can't see it. I, can't, I don't see it as like a misogynist thing. But then her to just come out straight out and attack him was kind of weird. Instead of a, instead of just a flat out ignoring it. <laughs> I mean, like, that's not your content. It depends on the angle. Like, like I said. Like uh, for me, like I- I'm I'm not on this guy's side because I just don't like this. Feels like a dumb fucking question to ask if you don't yeah. see TNA pics anywhere near on her Twitter. If you're just going like, oh, why aren't you using your body? I'm like, it, is that person using their body? Is their Twitch like, are they wearing sultry clothing while they're doing like their 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 arena runs? What what what's your fucking evidence here? Without further context, I'm just going to assume that you're just making a fucking stupid ass comment, and she's just responding to you like that because she you're one of like sixty plus people a day that she has to fucking deal with who say nearly the same fucking indis- indistinguishable statement. Why are you using your body to push your, to, to market? Why are you doing it? Like, again, I, without further information, all I can say is this guy's being a dick and I don't give a fuck about, I, I don't, I don't see any reason to give him any further credence. Like, did she block no. him because he was being a dick? I don't know. Maybe maybe just a comment after hearing that comment over and over again on her fucking uh, when with regards to what she does just gets you know old after a bit. Yeah, I, and then it, it's down and go. Well, why are you keep blocking people? Like because you're the nth person I've had to listen to who said the same fucking cookie cutter thing. You're using your body to get subs. Okay, so is this person bitching because they're they're fucking projecting their insecurities onto her because they can't get the fucking sub she's getting because Twitch is a fucking festering shithole that really only pushes uh, their female creators and their male creators have to fucking stomp and fucking do that, you know, bust their ass to get anywhere near the fucking um, subs that female creators get. Maybe, maybe that's the fucking uh, the uh, impetus for it. 
Trust me, I think Twitch is a fucking is a scummy cesspool of fucking hell and bullshit. Doesn't prevent me from using it. It just means I don't like I don't like their business practices, and I think a lot of what they've done to other creators who don't, you know, send who who probably aren't doing things under the table for a lot of the moderators and the and the the Twitch higher ups, uh, and that's all alleged, by the way. I'm not going to make any assumptions on that, but if it, yeah. if you're thinking about that kind of stuff, it makes sense why a lot of the moderators are, are have have favorites in Twitch and a lot like people like. A lot of the ninety-nine, a lot of the you know one percent Twitch probably probably are uh, greasing palms. That that's just all I'm going to say about that. So this guy is actually an Italian pro player. Okay, does he is he on Twitch? Is that the problem? Uh, no, he's on MTG. But supposedly he goes, you know, four pros are telling me they support me. He goes, here's a here's a picture of myself. You think I'm an incel or whatever. It's just and then man, people went hard on this guy. Yeah, because she probably has a following, and the moment he said something like that to her, she just sick sick she sick the dogs on him. Yeah. Again, it, like if she's not a pro player, if she's not a pro player and she's not stepping into his fucking dojo, what the fuck does he care? Like, do I, I'm not again, I'm not condoning or condemning her, whatever, whatever she he thinks she's doing. And even if she was showing doing, you know, other things that might be beyond, you know, PC at that point. Yeah. So what his the fuck does he care? is is he losing is he losing uh like sponsorship deals because of her? Like, where's this? Where's the fucking question coming from here? I don't think he's asking. I don't think he was asking in a you know, in an, in an irate manner, but you know, you never know with, with Twitter, like nuance is dead to text, but yeah. Well, apparently, to, right, apparently right to that situation, apparently right after that. Cause like, if you look at his Twitter feed, he just talks about playing MTG, MTGO, um, his ELO. He's like top 10 in the world for, um, modern, like, talks about cards covers cards and then that's mostly he shows us his deck and stuff and then all of a sudden four days ago when this went down he goes uh explain to me the connection between the ass and the historic challenge i'm i'm very curious maybe to attract some horny ones question mark so why not do a patreon and leave the magic environment clean but she's not. That oh yes, because magic was so magic was so fucking clean to begin with. That's what I'm saying. Like, dude, this is just so nuts. It's like, well, first off, people went and attacked him after she said something because he he just asked a question and then all of a sudden he got attacked. So now his entire thing looks just trolly now. They're like, you know, in an attempt. Uh, this is a mediocre attempt at manipulation, but I'm an educated person and I have two degrees and a master's one of which is in philosophy. I do not fall into these rhetorical tricks. And he posted somebody, he goes, uh, I'm well aware of my own truth. Thanks. Wait, rather stubbornly fighting your corner. Why not take the opportunity to listen and learn about what your behavior may have been rude. That's truly, that's the truly brave thing to do. My man, like people are just telling him to like suck it up. And then other people are like, I just wanted to take a quick sec to say, I respect you. And randomly saw you getting uh, mobs mobbed 
by an international Twitter mob for stating an opinion that used to be that used to be a common concern. I mean, I guess. So going along with this, I did find another <clears throat> tweet in there that actually it was underneath Tularian uh Tularian College's tweet. And it's it's from uh Wilder Harriet. Wilder underscore Harriet said MTV MTG hashtag MTG booty perfectly encapsulates the two choices young women have today fuckability or invisibility. Uh Gail Dine uh, uh I guess Gail Dines, maybe she's quoting her. Dress it up literally as empowerment in our pornified society as it's no wonder that young women young women streamers trying to further their careers strip off willingly. I have to agree with that. Dude, I follow fucking creators who aren't TNA creators. And they so have a following. So that, that statement is fucking that that statement is fucking hollow to me. I mean, but that's like, but that's the feeling that you get when you see all of these, like, dude, TikTok is fucking filled with them. I'm talking about filled with them. And then when you go to YouTube and you just hear some of these drama channels, like, you know, quartering talks about all the time of all these channels, just, they're just showing and showing like the whole Belle Delphine thing. It's just, it's, it's insane how many people like to get higher views and get higher things think that they need to sell their body instead of focusing on their content. And and that's the tragedy in all of that really, because if you have good content, people will follow. And I'm sure that Talia Vess has great content. That's why she has her following and she can, she can wear a, a like, you know, a full dress and she doesn't have to do what this guy's claiming she's doing. So then it doesn't really matter again. No, but to be mobbed just for, we've come back to the center of this conversation here because everything that, that, that he's, he's ascribed to her, whether he, again, you can have a legitimate concern, but even in the phrasing of his statement, again, he's Italian. It may not translate well, right? It's broken. It might not be good (laughs) in that regard. He might've just been asking, you know, are, do you feel you, do you feel that, um, you know, are, are you trying, are you uh, avoiding doing that kind of thing? Maybe that was the situation, but again, it doesn't matter because the way, first of all, why the fuck would you be talking about this on Twitter with this person? Because Twitter mobs just run with shit immediately. Right. And the fact that Tolarian even got involved in this just makes my fucking head hurt. Cause that person is a, uh, but like i love his content but your statement you made in the last fucking podcast is not wrong and there's a bunch of shit on the side that around him that i'm not comfortable with all of the all of the big mtg creators jumped on it all of them it just so happens that i caught tolarian oh thank i'm glad i didn't then yeah i don't need to see i don't need to see him in his fucking skibbies thank you no I did. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for taking the bullets on that one, buddy. Appreciate it. <laughs> oh man. But that's all, but that's what I'm saying. Like everyone's, they turned it, it. It just, it's fucking weird how it turned because it was a guy talking about, you know, why you're showing your ass if this is about MTG type thing, but it wasn't, she wasn't doing that. 
And then it turned into it's body positivity. And then if you go through the thread, it's literally half the women in fucking like bra and panties. And you're like, well, this is exactly what they were trying to avoid. Like, it's not about body body positivity. It was about the following that you got from doing that. Like, there's a difference like this. He's not shaming you for your body. <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> like, I don't know. They 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 spun it and they turned it into something it's not and they ran with it. I I don't know. But some of the pictures that came out of it were hilarious, so I I guess I can't complain. So. <laughs> I mean, the whole the whole hashtag is just it's funny. It literally funny and as far as body positivity and magic goes, yeah, it it, it fit the bill, but it was created it was spun and created out of something that was not what the topic was. <laughs> so whatever. Just look up hashtag MTG booty. If you want to see some ass literally no, from everybody. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, 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 like, it literally was funny. There were some of them that were funny. So, but yeah. That is it. Any you got anything else you guys want to add? I do. I have another thing to add that's more MTG related. Oh, Sorry, Orlando. <laughs> uh, it's fine. If you guys are okay, well, I'm gonna go ahead and hit the hay. Since this has been like uh it's been like what, twenty, twenty five minutes and I haven't really been able to contribute much. So uh okay. You can go. We got you. <laughs> Sorry, Lando. We, I mean, we, we got you for the first half. <laughs> you were, you, you were went strong. <laughs> Take care, guys. All right, later, man. So, fucking, uh, there was a question. Speaking of the professor, I was watching a video of his that was talking about a questionnaire that was going around. Mm, yes. Um, Talking about Secret Lair. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, I wanted to look into it more before we talked about it, but we can definitely talk about it. Well, I'm just going to take what I have, what information that he gave, and just kind of, you know, par- parrot it as it was, yeah. and just kind of put a spin on it. I just want to say from the beginning, the, the concept of Secret Layers was a very mixed bag for me specifically, because spending anywhere between $39 and like $60 on a premium uh, set of cards that it's they're selling singles essentially without saying it in so much words right it's a collector's item it's that's that's why they were made it's fucking stupid but what it does do to the market is positive because it drives down the price of a lot of cards that were getting more expensive because if people want to go and buy the more premium versions of it they're going to do that rather than go to you know, go and buy them online or buy them for their LGS, which is also another double-edged sword because LGSs lose money in that regard. But that's neither here nor there. With regards to the questionnaire, a lot of the things that were being talked about were subscription-based in regards to being part of a quote-unquote premier group for secret layers. This is not set in stone yet. They haven't put anything forward as a, a... program so to speak but these are different aspects that they were asking people about they were talking to them about uh, a, a yearly subscription where they would pay like i think it said like 150 to 200 dollars a year 
Um, they would get uh, preferential treatment with regards to secret layers. Uh, secret layers would ship out to subscribers first. Um, they would get access to uh, members only uh, secret layers that uh, the regular public wouldn't have access to. Um, but you'd still the people. The problem with it is, is you still have to pay for the secret layers that you want. The subscription service isn't giving you anything. They're just giving you a more direct route to buy what you want to buy, which is what mm. it sounds like they're trying to go for. Which, in my opinion, sounds absolutely idiotic. So instead of the instead of like the loot box system where they just kind of mail it out to you when it comes out, you still have to pay for it. You're just getting like a VIP treatment for to like close to two hundred bucks a year. Yeah, that's what. That's what they're positing, and that's the that's the feelers that they've been putting out. Honestly, I'm gonna go with with the professor on this one and say it's an absolute fucking shit wreck of an idea. Oh yeah. If you're gonna do a subscription service, do it loot crate based and just give people fucking cards for for doing monthly subscriptions to shit. Right. You're already making people do deal with drops and pay for shit the hard way and waiting for stuff. You're and and not to mention people still haven't gotten a lot of the secret layers that they've ordered within the past fucking like half a year now. Because they fucking Why pumped them out like once. They pumped them out like four at a time, half the time. It did like their whole like drop system didn't make any sense, especially when they knew they were having shipping problems. Yep, and mm. they were still they yeah they were still nose to the grindstone on that, and I think it yeah. was an absolute fucking terrible idea. Yep. Two years ago, I had a friend who bought the entire Theros stargazing block or stargazing drop, all of them, and it took him till – the order was in fucking uh, March. Uh, he didn't get them till almost August, which at, at that point – I like, and they weren't going to give him the option to get a, get a fucking refund or anything. I'd be like – I'd be on, my, on the phone with my fucking credit card company or with my bank and be like, you're going to stop payment on this, and I'm getting my money back because these people right. are fucking me over. Right. No, hands down. It's not, it's not, personally, it's not something I, 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 I'm interested in. And I, no. because of the secret layers, they're so fucking random. Like, I'm sorry. I'm our, even Orlando said is like, I would not be paying extra money for premium fucking basic lands. The Godzilla lands, those heavy metal basic lands that they came out with like a couple month or two ago. Fuck that noise. It is yeah. not worth the money. I'm investing my money in your fucking cardboard because I'm trying to play the fucking game. I don't give a if fuck did, about that other shit that you're trying to do. If I want to get those, I can go to a fucking altar or go to a fucking uh, proxy seller and get them for an eighth of the fucking price. You are not offering me a bargain. No, if they did, if they went to a quarterly subscription service, like they charged you, I want to say, we'll say 50. We'll stay, we'll stay with the, um, $200, right? So every three months you pay 50 bucks and you get all the secret layers within that three month period, which the way they've been releasing them has been more than one every three months. It's been like, like one, two, sometimes four a month, right? Like the Theros ones. So you, so each quarter, if they spaced them out correctly, you can get like your money's worth out of $50. You know what I'm saying? So that type of subscription service will still land you $200 a year, but you're giving them the product. They don't have to pay for the product. You're just shipping like literally the loot box system. 
you're paying $50 and every three months you just re up the service and they send you the next batch. And that makes more sense. And honestly, that would be the better way to go for it. But like the feel again, everything that they've been doing is like comic book villainry when it comes to a, a lot of their choices for things like the, the secret layer the the walking dead secret layer was a fucking joke. Everything that had happened around it was was at, was a was fucking ridiculous. I don't. I, I when that whole thing came out, I gladly went to an went to a proxy seller and got a a version of those made without even blinking because I'm not paying that money for shit like that. People want to get those. They're getting them because they're going to end up flipping them for money or they're going to fucking throw them off to the side and wait until they grow, grow in, in, uh, in revenue and then sell them for money later. The few yeah. people who are going to buy them to use them, I feel bad for, because honestly, if you're playing in a casual format where you might use them, it's not even worth the fucking time. And because the, that secret layer came out in the middle of the fucking pandemic, there was literally, or around the pandemic, I think it was just before, yeah. There was literally no re there literally ended up being no reason to ha to even hold on to them. Nobody was playing fucking card games in person. No, until people realized that they could play them online. And even then, like most people are okay with altars. Altars or proxy cards like unless you're going into some like super competitive like like event or something like that, like no one's going to care of your car. You could play with a hundred fucking proxies in my opinion. And I still wouldn't, I I'd still be like, all right, cool. Like whatever. Like that's how you want to play your game. That's how you play your game. Like I'm still going to play my game. <laughs> like the, um. the, the problem with a lot of those groups, it just depends on the dynamics of the play group that you have. And like, I've already talked with my play group and they don't care about proxies in general obviously because we have we have two cubes between in, in our group there's a vintage cube uh that a friend of mine has that he's put together and i have my pauper cube that i have and like obviously i don't need uh proxies for mine because mine's all you know it's all commons even the most yeah. expensive ones aren't even really that bad but like with his some of that shit's nigh fucking impossible to get a hold of right and building an actual cube with those real cards he would have to be a millionaire just to be able to get the majority of the shit that he would want for that. And I don't even think I would, t I would want him to have them in a cube format at that point because it's too fucking expensive. And I'm not saying I don't trust any of the people in our group to not just grab the fucking box and just bolt out the front door, but it's just not reasonable to have that kind of stuff. A cube is something that you can do and use over and over again. And a lot of the, power nine and any of the dual lands that you want to throw in your deck you're there the shelf life of those is already limited because a lot of those are you know aren't great aren't a grade higher than five right now because majority of those most people weren't sleeving them in the times that they were using them right. so not even including the fact that most of the power nine all of the power nine is ridiculously expensive i wouldn't want him to have those in there that's a fucking investment but it, like proxies and shit, that makes sense. And with casual EDH, like I don't care if you proxy everything but the basic lands. I don't care if you proxy the basic lands because you like the art from some of those proxy creators. Do whatever the fuck you want. I'm not going to fucking argue. 
Right. See, like, I'm one of those people that, like, there are cards that I will get altars for. Like, my lands. Specifically my lands. Because, honestly, like, I, I want to use those Theros lands. But you can do so much cooler things with the fucking proxies on lands. And they're, they're 10 cent things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why, like, why wouldn't I want it to spice up my deck a little bit with cooler art for my lands? So I can see that. And then, in, at least in my case, the way, like, I want to do it is I eventually want the original card. So I want to have mostly originals, but I will proxy the ones that I don't have in the meantime until I can get the originals. You know what I mean? But that's just how I want to build my deck to each their own. Basically, like if if I wanted to play with if if I wanted to play with full on full legal cards, that's how I'm playing. But I don't expect anybody else to play that way. Like, that's just not like it's the way I want to play. I think one of the major headaches a lot of people feel, and it's something that I've talked with other people about um, a friend, a friend of ours that uh, that we've known for a bit. Um, he has a almost completely foiled out EDH deck with some really expensive cards. And I laughed at him and I went, I, I appreciate that you want to foil out your deck because it's cool and all, but I'm just going to tell you now, I'm just going to ask you now, if you lost that or someone stole it, would you ever play magic again? And he said, Oh fuck no, I would draw, I would sell all my shit and I never play again. I'm like, then why would you do that to yourself? Why would right. you take the bulk of your collection of your expensive cards and put them in one fucking deck where if that gets lost, it's a $5,000 fucking investment. You just lost to lost to somebody who was uh, to a thief or you left on a bus or you, someone broke into your trunk and stole it, or you lost it somewhere. Like you're, you're only creating headaches for yourself down the line. I already had another friend of ours um, who, fucking someone stole his collection like majority of his collection he just stopped playing he's like fuck it i'm not doing it anymore it's like yeah because you invested real money in that shit for me if it's a it's a fucking game the moment it becomes the moment that i have anything that's too expensive for me to hold on to because it's just that level of investment then it's not a card game anymore it's a fucking stock portfolio yeah <laughs> And trust yep. me, that happens sometimes. But for me, I would rather take those cards unless I need it for a deck and just hand them back over to the LGS, turn it into store credit and buy more shit. I'd rather self-perpetuate my my gaming experience than perpetuate my investment. Anything I have when I die that my family sells off for whatever fucking profit they get, that is completely their fucking business because I'm going to be pushing up daisies and I won't give a shit. For me, for now... Orlando's philosophy is absolutely correct. It ain't worth shit until I sell it. Also true. Like your your collection could be like five like five thousand plus dollars. It could be even more than that. But yeah. if you don't, if you're not going to go on eBay and try to sell that shit or give it off to an LGS, who are going to go and take a lot off the top of the the amount of money that you're going to get access to, unless you're going into store credit. It's it's not worth the, it's not worth the paper it's printed on at that point. It's Honestly, worth the, the only reason I care price. about the the only reason I care about prices is one trading value, and two, the just overall shock value of look what I got. <laughs> as far as my collection goes, it's not worth it. Like you said, it's not worth it until I get rid of it. But it's it's the coolness of look at this card, man. I got a four hundred dollar card in here. 
And you're like, whoa. And to anybody that doesn't really collect, that, that, that shock value is sometimes, sometimes all they need to like sometimes get into something. Right, but if they're only getting into it for if okay, if they're getting into it for the shock value, or it's just like it, it, it's magic is the greatest gotcha pawn game in the universe. Let's just look <laughs> at it that way. Yeah, All cracking right. <laughs> packs is some of the, some of the greatest greatest adrenaline rush and fucking endorphin rush anywhere because the amount of shit, especially with the non-standard sets, a lot of the stuff you crack is value out of the out of the box. Yeah. So like I can see that being the appeal, but the game itself should be the core reason that most people get into the game, whatever format they want to try it, try and get into. Like I, the one a great story I had for uh, at, at my LGS was like a few like four three or four years ago, uh, uh, someone had come in who hadn't played MTG in uh, in a decent amount of time. And the owner came to me and was like, "Hey, you're you're a resident budget player. Budget player, do you have any decks that you can give him that he can just play out of the box that it will be relatively easy for him to get into?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I I, I broke out my Ilharg, uh, the uh, the Razebor, uh mono red deck, and I like here, give this to him. He'll love it." The dude fucking swept the table, and he had a great time using it. Like this is the kind of shit I want people to come into Magic for. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up buying a pack and cracking a fucking vo- uh, chalice of the void out of it. So, dude, I'm glad that he got that shock value and that he got into um, into playing the game. You want that symbiosis because if you just if someone's just cracking it for value, for money, then you're just it's just another MTG financer that's just going to be sitting there pouring over their fucking collection, hoping it's worth something by the end of whatever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That that's just the way I look at it. I know we kind of gone off tangent, but like, circling back, the, the whole thing with with secret layer, it, like, it, it t- to tie it all back in, like, for me, this is clearly targeting whales. Yeah. Their questioning is targeting whales. They want to get people who are get to get into a VIP mindset where they feel like if they throw extra money on top of the money they're already spending, that they're going to feel like they're getting more from it, even if they technically aren't getting more from it. And again, if that's the case, and I've said it before, like with uh, Arena and MTGO, like if the whales are the reason why any why why Watsi is is in the in the financial position they're in, just keep catering to them because the rest of us, I am more than happy getting the getting the off castings of the regular printings of cards that we get that aren't you know uh, borderless or you know premium foil or etched foils. Like it doesn't matter to me because you're making the game overall much more affordable for people who just want to buy cards and enjoy it for what it is. So keep fucking propping them up because the more you <laughs> keep asking for premium shit, the more the regular stuff becomes tenable for people who just want to play the fucking game. Right. Yep. That's true though. It really is. All right. We've hit the two and a half hour mark, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, love it. Fuck yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we're good for tonight. So anyway, we have some things um, that we talked about. Not your usual thing if you're a new listener. If you made it this far, fan-fucking-tastic. Keep listening to us. We love you. (laughs) Remember, like, follow, share us. I know we make fun of it all the time, 
but that's the way we get to spread the love. So just spread the love. <laughs> and um, I've decided the Patreon thing is not the way to go. Um, so if that if you've listened to the other ones and decided, oh, shoot, they're pushing a Patreon now. That's not what the intent was. Um, there's other like tipping services I'm looking into. So if you like something and you just want to be like, Hey, let's buy them a cup of coffee, buy any of us a cup of coffee. I think that's probably the better way to go. Um, so we'll look into those services, but we got some things coming down, some things that we're doing. So we'll keep you guys informed on how you guys can support us other than liking, sharing, and just telling your friends about it. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, just keep listening to us. And then... Yep, and if you haven't yet, go subscribe to the Facebook page, Angry Wargamer Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter, myself, at Angry Wargamer, and Drew is at Punk Toast on Twitter, and Lando is Ragnarok Knight on Twitter. So if you want to have a conversation with any three, any one of us, um, Twitter is probably the best way to do it, or if you just want to get to the show, you can hit us up on the Facebook page, and yeah. Remember, stay sexy and go fuck yourselves.